Welcome back to Nervous Rex, a Neon Genesis Evangelion podcast that is 50% rewatch, 50% first time watch, and 100% whew, didn't think of a joke. Shit. <laughs> 100% unprepared. 100% unprepared. Uh, but we're back for the second rebuild film. My name is Joe. I use he, they pronouns. And I'm joined, as always, by one Chris. I'm one Chris. I, uh, I use he, him pronouns. And I cannot figure out my schedule today. <laughs> it's, it's one of those days. Uh, also, we are joined by a mythical third laugh. Uh, Andrew, welcome to the podcast. Hello, uh, I'm Andrew. I use he, him pronouns. Uh, and one Chris is my favorite pirate anime. <laughs> I left it all in one Chris. <laughs> in one Chris. <laughs> uh, I know I said previously that we were going to have two guests on this episode. Uh, pour one out for Jory. Part of our scheduling mishap is that he had not joined us, but hopefully they will be able to join us for Shin Godzilla, another film that is perfect. Uh, much like this one. Holy shit. Chris, I hope I didn't oversell it. I have yet to know how you feel about it, so I think that's where I want to start. Also, Andrew, this is this is your first time watching it, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, this is my first time watching it, too, yeah. Okay, then I will ask the same question of you in, like, however long it takes Chris. Chris, how do you feel about Evangelion 2.0? You cannot advance. Okay, the first thing I'm going to do, I'm going to lean away from my microphone, okay? All right, oh. Fuck! <laughs> that was so... Okay, first of all, it was so much better than 1.0. Yeah! And... Mm-hmm. And also just like, holy shit. <laughs> I'm so glad that this is, the, this is the energy I was hoping for and was like, oh man, what if I overhyped it? What if I said too much? And they're just like, yeah, it was good. <laughs> like, but I'm, I'm glad that that fuck, holy shit, is your, is your response to yeah, it. Yeah, I really liked it, like way more than I was expecting to, especially after the last one. I was like, here we go, like three more movies of me like dragging down the mm-hmm. podcast. Like, I don't like it. Um, but, but luckily, yeah, this one kicks ass. Yeah, I, I am a 1.0 defender. I think it is solid for what it is trying to do. I don't want it to, like, I'm, I'm fine with 1.0 not getting to this shit yet, um, because this shit is coming. (laughs) So, like, again, like, that was the thing I was trying to talk about before, where I was like, I really, like, I think 1.0 is solid because I, I know what it's laying the foundation for, like, to come. And we'll talk about all the shit that 2.0 does. Um, I'm glad that you liked it, Chris. Uh, Andrew, I, I don't know how recently it's been, but you watched both of the first... Uh, you watched 1.0 and 2.0 before this. Yeah, I, 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 I watched 1.0 after listening to y'all talk about it, and I uh, was also in the camp where I was like, okay, it's just kind of a remake of those first couple episodes mm-hmm. in a very... Um, you know. And then I will say, for the first half of this movie, I was like, okay, they're just kind of remaking the second half too changing it condensing it little yeah things. and i was like all right they added a cool scene in an aquarium i liked that they're adding in some fun stuff with a dinner party that's neat uh oh 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 <laughs> and uh the moment it stopped being a kind of just a straight up remake is the part that i was like okay this really went off the rails in ways that I really enjoyed. I was really surprised at how much I liked it. That's great. I'm happy to hear it. <laughs> End of podcast. We did yeah, it. And, yeah. Bye, everyone. <laughs> I think I, I make that joke way too fucking often. I think <laughs> I've made it with Andrew specifically every time that they get on a <laughs> podcast of mine. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been pr- singing this movie's praises for a while. I, I hadn't seen it in a long time. I was terrified that, like, what if I don't 
Like, what if I'm softer on it this time? It's always like, I'm always afraid that like the fifth or sixth time I see Ghost Protocol, I'm going to think it's just okay. And <laughs> that was that, and that was kind of how I was returning to this. I'm like, what if it doesn't hold up to my my teenage memory of it? But I like it so much more than I think I ever have. Than like returning to it now, uh, even so much like there are things about it and like things that I can read from it that I definitely could not when I was a teenager, just from like probably just from like doing this podcast and talking about Evangelion so fucking much over the past year. There's also a moment where I was like, oh, I'm really glad I made Chris watch Die Buster and Gun Buster because they reference it directly in the one of the action kick. scenes. They do that. Asuka does the lightning kick. I won't lie. I, I marked out. I, I literally typed I my notes like, lightning out. kick, lightning kick, like exclamation points. I was like, hell yeah. It's so cool. <laughs> it's such a great introduction to her. I love all of the changes that it makes. Uh, I, I love how it is standing on its own and also conversing with the original. In, in really smart ways. We'll talk about uh, the sea salt ice cream trio that pops yes. up in the middle of this movie. <laughs> the, he heard me talking about Kingdom Hearts, and mm-hmm. he's just like, here you go. Yeah, they just, they go for it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I guess I, I, we, we've gotten those initial takes in. Uh, I guess it's probably worth just doing like a bit of a, a bit of a recap now. I, I did it last time. I'm down to do it again if you unless Chris, I know that you just finished watching it if you if you think that you want to or, or could. Um I mean whatever. I'll take a run at it. Okay. I will I will chime in uh if if it is needed or Andrew you can also. Yeah. I haven't pulled my weight around here in a long time. Okay. <laughs> to so be it... to be fair, we watched two six episode series in a row. Yeah. <laughs> it opens up with like a sick angel fight. But it's starring this new character that we've only seen in the in the preview last time, and it rules. She has like the best like character introduction, like, maybe in the, the whole show. Even like this whole sequence where <laughs> I love her. Yeah, she's now like my brain is just like time to recap, time to turn off, and it's like I can't remember anything. What's her dialogue like in the beginning? I remember it really stood out to me, but now I'm blanking on the exact words. It's like something about like um she's like taking she's like singing a little song about like taking steps towards her her goals or something like that right yeah she was really like like really playful almost childish um Mm -hmm. and just kind of like very stoked to be in a robot fighting Mm -hmm. like in a robot fighting an angel in like a unit oh five is it right i think that's what it's called okay um yeah because i four or five yeah it's five and then the other one yeah 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 really like super just like not chill, like excitable, very like the opposite of Shinji. She's yeah. excited to be in the robot. She's very happy to be fighting this. She, I she's like an audience surrogate for the first show because she's like, I fucking love one. I all all I want to do is get in robots. And then later when she meets Shinji, she's like, I don't fucking understand how this isn't the coolest shit in the world for you. <laughs> yeah, I have it written in here that she feels like a self insert better than Asuka in every way character. But, like, in a way that is intentional about it. Because it's like, what are the traits that we know about Asuka? And it's like, she likes fighting and wants to prove herself in the robot. But, like, what if we took her, except we get someone who's, like, taller and hotter and ready to get in the robot and wants to fight and knows how to be in the Unit 02 and do everything and do everything. And I I thought it was really interesting seeing how she was characterized in this movie. This all kind of came later, but it was when when I first started watching it, I... I thought, is this Asuka at first? Because I... Exactly, yeah. 
Yeah, well, I I wasn't used to the I I watched um the dub of the new dub of Eva when uh-huh. it came out on Netflix, and then I didn't get into. So this is going back to the dub with the old voices, which are pretty similar but slightly off. And so I was like, oh, is this Asuka? Um, she sounds not how I would imagine Asuka. Yeah, I think it's an intentional misdirect that like you're like you're like, oh, is this Asuka? Up until you hear her voice, but even in that instance, I think there's an added layer of like, oh, I who is this? Uh, beca- mm-hmm. be- because of that, because I d- I do think like because it opens with a bunch of English language, mm-hmm. um, even in the even in the, the the original Japanese audio, it opens with English language because this is a test being done in uh in I guess the states or somewhere Europe maybe I don't remember it doesn't and matter they kept calling it Euro I think yeah I think it's just a Europe site that they're working on because. It's not a spoiler. It happens in this scene, but we'll we'll hear uh, Kaji speak in English to to other characters. Um, I think I think Kaji being there is also part of that misdirect because this whole mm-hmm. yeah. this whole cold open action set piece. Um, you don't see her face. You just see you hear her voice, a girl's voice, and you see her under like a a visor mask for this uh, Ava Unit Five, which is like a tank, by the way. It's not like a re- it's not like the the Avas we're used to that are all kind of like humanoid samey stuff this is the movie where they're like what if an ava was anything what if an ava was a tank (laughs) (laughs) fuck it um and yeah so this is our introduction to uh marie or mary i don't know if i'm saying it right or wrong uh her full name is marie illustrious uh makanami and i just love that her middle name is illustrious it i think it completely fits her absolute uh buck wild personality yeah the whole mm-hmm. opening rules, the new character rules, it's awesome. Yeah, and like that, I, th- I think the fact that this has like a cold open that is entirely new is where I'm like, all right, this one's a movie. This one is a full movie start to finish. It is plotted and paced like an actual blockbuster. It does not feel like two hours of a TV show, which I think 1.0 isn't that bad at. But because I've seen the show, I'm like, well, it's just the show. This movie's like, no, fuck that. It's going to remind you of the show. We'll have scenes that are similar to the show, but this is its own movie. <laughs> and it opens with this uh, set piece where she fights the skeleton of an angel. What? Yeah. I don't, I don't remember what angel number it it's is. The but It's the third one. Yeah, it, it's the reason that the numbers are different now. Mm-hmm. I like that it's not okay. some big special thing. It's just like, oh yeah, there was another one in there, and we're going to show you its skeleton reanimating, and then our new character's going to destroy it in a very cool action set piece where we get to see an Ava tank. Yeah, I think it's great at characterizing her, even though she doesn't come back for like 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And she's fun and she's great. And if you're thinking that this is going to be like 1.0, you're immediately like, fuck, this isn't like the show at all. Right. <laughs> None of this is from the show. Yeah, I also got the same feeling. It's like, this feels like, and I don't want to use the words like real movie, like to be dismissive of the first, like, you know, 1.0. But like, it feels like more conventional, like more conventionally like a, a movie that we're used to. And like, albeit like, it feels like a sequel. Like, it feels like the way you open a, yeah. a story that had a previous movie, but it, it feels very, like, cinematic rather than, like, we're converting a show to a movie format. Yeah, I think the only reason I think this movie is a stronger sequel than a standalone is because it takes so long for Shinji to be in the robot, but it, it posits mm-hmm. that he is the main character. Whereas, like, that works really well if you've already seen him in the robot a bunch in the first movie. But, like, even uh, after this cold open, which like the the first shot of Shinji is like immediately I know everything about him that I would need to know to understand Shinji from this point on. 
which we'll talk about in a minute after we finish talking about this cold open because we cut you off in the middle of recap. I mean, I don't have much else to say other than I mean, she uh, she wins. Just she yeah, she beats the angel, but she like self destructs her Ava to do it, and she safely ejects. But now her Ava's like you know out of commission. And uh, I think really important line to highlight is Kaji when he's leaving is like, oh, she survived. It sure is a bummer that we have to drag kids into adult business like that. And then we oh, see yeah. her. And then she, yes. Mm-hmm. And then she turns it around. And she's like, I wish I didn't have to uh, involve adults in my affairs. Like, Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that because it perfectly characterizes how she does not fit in with the framework uh-huh. we're used to. It's so mm-hmm. good. And that's her face reveal as well with her like, her glasses broken at that point or are they just on her face? I think they're just on her face. Okay. I know that she usually has broken glasses in this movie. <laughs> Because she's usually immediately in action. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's the cold open. And we get our title card of Evangelion 2.0 or 2.22 or 2.02, depending on the venue in which you're watching this film. <laughs> and it says break. <laughs> yes, break is the subtitle. I, I will talk more about the subtitle in the in the Joha Q shit when we're done with the recap, but I'll save it for then. <laughs> but yeah, something that I... I didn't come up on 1.0's episode that I think is worth saying here is that I think I find it interesting that Evangelion has no Cruel Angels thesis, no animated music title sequence, which a lot of anime films do. Like, a a lot of films, even if they're not show adaptations, even if they're just original anime films, will have, you know, essentially an anime opening in the first little bit of, of the movie and Evangelion's like no no we're not doing any of that we'll have you Tata Hikiru sing at the end that's it <laughs> although there is some other music in this movie which we'll talk about when yeah it yeah there sure is I think I think uh this movie is the answer to what does Evangelion look like after the end of Evangelion in a way that 1.0 is like not engaging with at all I don't think it tries to and then I think they intentionally saved it for 2.0 mm-hmm Anyways, our introduction to Shinji is the the scene of him at his mom's grave talking to his dad, which is maybe the best place you can start a story about Shinji. Yeah, I I think it plays off well of like where we left that relationship in the first movie. Yeah, and I think Mm -hmm. it it also helps like that's our establishing shot of both of these characters. And this movie is very much about their relationship. Yeah, I was surprised at how much of this was direct, like directly about uh, Shinji and Gendo in ways that the show was only kind of indirectly about like it was always there but it wasn't mm-hmm. like this is the episode where we had like th- this is the dad episode you never really got that directness this one is kind of all about that uh, yeah until it's not but <laughs> sure yeah I, I it's it's i mean I, it's even pivotal in like the final the final moments i would say there the the threads between them but like yeah in a way mm-hmm. that and some, something that i think is weak like uh, a weak point of 1.0 is that it doesn't really craft its ideas into strong plot beats of a three-act film or however many acts it wants to be uh it really just adapts what's already in the show and the things that work in a you know full season of a show and have like multiple ups and downs and through lines and sometimes you check in on subplots sometimes you check back out uh don't work as well for a film in my opinion and that's why i think 1.0 feels like eh, it's a good spot to end it but it's kind of lackluster whereas this movie is like yeah we took those themes and those plot beats and those ideas and made like a very good screenplay out of it Mm -hmm. there's an arc now yeah 
they give Ray a character arc. It's fucking mm-hmm. unimaginable. <laughs> she does not she does not have one in the show, and she has <laughs> one in this movie, and it fucking rules. Yeah, she's very different in this and has a very different relationship to, to Shinji. Yeah. I'm sure we'll talk mm-hmm. about that a lot. Um this scene at the graveyard's basically the same. Yep. Yeah, so then uh, the uh, the seventh angel attacks but uh gets owned by uh Unido 2 and Asuka who's now showing up. It's a different introduction scene for her, but it's a it's a really dope fight scene. Like part of me like it was like, "Oh, you know, I yeah, I, I wish we could have got the you know jumping around on boats, but there's no time. We got we got a short movie. Mm-hmm. This is this is cool too. It's all new and it brings in Asuka. It, it has the same energy, and I like that we see her immediately in the robot and in the plug suit because when she's introduced in the show, she has like a dress that skirt like blows up, and I don't like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. They also like change up that whole scene where they're introducing her. They 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 cut that stuff out of it and she's it's just like an entirely different context she's meeting them and like um and again my brain is like blanking she meets like it's like shinji who's all there when she meets them this time uh everybody's still there it's still like toji and kinsuke are there misato is picking shinji up from the graveyard and that's why they're together um that's also why he's not able to jump in the robot it's kind of just <laughs> right place right time for for asuka to show off she got some fucking gorgeous action of her falling out of the sky. Like a lot of this movie has a lot of really long takes of just like shit happening and it doesn't cut away. And I love it. Uh, but her falling out of the sky, dodging like attacks is one of those. And then she does the lightning kick and uh, destroys this angel. But yeah, when she gets down there and lands, she gets out and she like introduces herself. And Masato's like, oh, yeah, that's the second child. She's coming in from germany or whatever they changed her last name they, also yeah yeah i noticed that it's it's named uh, shiranami yeah they 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 changed her last name from one japanese aircraft carrier to a japanese like destroyer boat i don't know why hmm. i don't I, I i would assume that like the reasoning is like one of her parents changed or something but she always had like a japanese last name next to langley and langley's still the same so <laughs> i don't know it's it's the same but different <laughs> Uh, I, I keep, um, every time I open, like, my phone for, like, Google, it'll tell me, uh, like, a bunch of various news articles it'll think that I'm interested in based on what I type and search because I have no privacy in, in the world. Um, so I get a lot of, like, you know, One Piece manga news or various movie things, or lately it's been a lot of Evangelion. So I did get one where it's like, here's a new theory that there's four Asukas, and I'm like, fuck you, I don't want to read this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I keep getting uh, YouTube recommendations. It's like a video about like the 37 timelines of Eva. And I'm yeah. like, this show doesn't deal with timelines. What are you talking about? No, yeah. I mean, I I think timeline is kind of an like interesting way to maybe say how Rebuild is a different series of events than the original show. I, I stop at that. I stop caring at that. Like, that's as far <laughs> as I go. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, yeah, so she meets Toji and Kinsuke, kind of Rei, who isn't really involved in the scene because she doesn't care. Uh, Masato's there, Shinji's there, and she's like, which one? Oh, yeah, and her, her big deal in her first scene is like, she's like, I'm a great pilot because I worked hard, and Rei doesn't matter because she's a teacher's pet, and Shinji doesn't matter because he's a daddy's boy. I'm here because I'm cool. And like, that's kind of like, immediately she is 
putting her flag on the ground of like, I'm the best pilot here. Fuck all of you. Yep. And then uh, at Nerve, Kaji gives Gendo uh, this weird looking thing that Gendo calls the key of Nebuchadnezzar, which is the key to human instrumentality. Yeah. So it's he, before he was delivering Adam. That's not what's happening now. Now it's this special key. It's like a little, a they little love central Kingdom nervous system with a syringe. Yeah. It's neat. That's that. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so Asuka shows up at Masato's apartment. Uh, she thinks she's replacing Shinji, but then uh, learns that they're both living together. They do the same bit that they did last time with like Shinji uh, being like nude and getting scared by the penguin, but this time it's Asuka. And then they do some like Austin Powers gags with like a soda can and a straw covering up her, uh, her body parts. And then she kicks the shit out of Shinji for seeing her in that condition. I would like to go on the record and say that it's very funny. I think it's funny. <laughs> I, I enjoyed some of it. I think as much as I'm like, there's a part of my brain that's like, please don't sexualize this kid. There's also like, it's very short. And the straw just made me laugh very fucking hard. Because yeah. I, like, really... I was like, what the fuck are they going to do when they're pulling this joke again? And just, I don't know. It worked for me. It's fun seeing them like reverse. It's the same gag that they did in the show, but it's reversed with Oscar. I think that's really funny. Just mm-hmm. like doing it the opposite angle. Yeah, and then also she kicks Shinji. Mm-hmm. You can't go wrong. And all, all he did was the dishes. <laughs> he, didn't, <laughs> he didn't ask for this. So then Asuka is, uh, it's like nighttime and she's uh, telling herself that she's special and she'll always be alone and she's playing with a doll, which it's actually interesting how much of that whole like doll thing they include in this movie considering the short runtime. Like a lot of it's just in the visuals, but I remembered that from the series, like being a, an important part of her backstory with like her mom and stuff and like her calling Ray a doll, which happens in this. But anyway, we don't have time for all this shit. Uh, <laughs> Then uh, uh, Kaji organizes, like, a field trip, so they take Shinji and all the other kids to this awesome, like, aquarium place um, mm-hmm. where, like, the last marine animals are kept alive and, like, the, the, the red ocean water that we've seen is purified to make it look, well, to make it habitable and also to make it look more like it used to. And they had this, like, great scene with Kaji and, and Shinji. He'd been, Kaji being like, yeah, this is what the world used to look like. I wanted you all to see this so that you would, like, understand, like, you know, what what we're all doing here, which was, like, a great addition to to the story i thought in addition to yeah. just the mm-hmm. aquarium being beautiful and me wanting to go there i feel like that, that, that did actually add a lot yeah, yeah so I, cool. I i love the aquarium stuff i think kaji's really good in this movie but what i what i found interesting about its placement is that like all right well they don't have the field trip stuff of the the aircraft carrier stuff but they still do a different field trip that asuka's already introduced <laughs> before so they just like we'll introduce asuka have a different field trip and this is also where they start setting up the ray stuff with 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 shinji all right here's my hottest take that i didn't expect to have uh evangelion 2.0 is a food movie and Mm-mm. i did not expect it to be a food movie i forgot that it had any food stuff in it <laughs> uh it is very much top to bottom a fucking food movie because they replace or i don't know if i'd say replace but before shinji's ounce of humanity was that he played the cello um and in this movie they're like he's really fucking good at cooking yeah. and he cooks for everyone and ray doesn't eat because she's a vegetarian but it's just kind of like setting up that like he likes to do things for people and ray's like learning to feel for the first time she's like i think i'm appreciative but i've never really felt that before how do i return that feeling i want to make shinji feel the way that i do and she makes some remark about how she can only live in a tube like a fish <laughs> <laughs> which you know we've seen the show so we know what that means yeah there's like mm-hmm. one very quick cut 
to uh to her in the tube with Gendo later, and then they go and have a meal together. We'll talk about that stuff when it comes up. But and they do a better job of social distancing than everyone on my timeline. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> long fucking table. It's great. Props. The world's weirdest dinner date I have written in my notes. Yeah, the room is cool though. Very cool room. Uh, there was the other. Oh, the other aquarium thing that I think is worth. Oh, one Asuka's a gamer. They established that. Um, yep. she's always playing on her fucking Game Boy. Yeah, these kids got like cell phones kids now. On it's phones. weird. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of interesting how it's like, oh yeah, our show takes place in 2014, so everyone should have a phone. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's like this is a very 2000. You can tell it's like, oh, the 2009 has hit Ava. Yeah. <laughs> there was something else I was gonna say about. Well, a big part of this is that Kaji reveals Masato's backstory yes. to uh to Shinji and the events of the Second Impact. I'm gonna cut in here with a little bit of like like actual like take rather than just recap real just because it feels appropriate to do so now for it the meeting asuka and kaji and the um misato backstory all three of those things the reimaginations of those are benefiting from being condensed in a way that a lot of the stuff last time didn't i was really impressed by that like it was like you found the right this movie found the right things to condense and the right things to give time to which i felt like was my biggest issue with last time is like certain things felt like this is too long and the same and then other things like you're glossing over this too much for me to get the emotion out of it. They, they like found like the perfect amount to do all of that. This time, like the perfect amount to change the perfect amount yeah. to stay the same, the perfect to, to tweak and to, and just like shorten. I, I thought that all this stuff with bringing in the new, like the new characters and explaining Masada's backstory and stuff like worked really, really well. Yeah. And I think, you know, uh, it, cause immediately Shinji is like, Oh yeah. She said that she was like me and now I know why. And it's just like, yeah, it's just it's very economical and it were and like none of it feels rushed in a way that the first movie did. And the fact that this movie is so fully realized just kind of makes me fascinated at why they were so married to doing the first movie the same way. Yeah, e- either way, this one just feels like like valuable reinterpretations of the material rather mm-hmm. than just like a different version. This is like I'm really glad I've seen this version of the way things play out cuz I think it's like really like artfully done and like i said it's adding things to like the whole story the fact that like kaji is like kind of showing them like this is what the world was like before angels this is kind of like what the whole deal is like you know i don't know that was that was you know i didn't know it was missing from the from the show but like now that i've seen it it's like oh yeah like that's that's a nice touch yeah and i and i was talking to someone about this last night uh about how what i find interesting about this like and part of this comes from some visual decisions that start in 1.0 the 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 red blood fucking everywhere uh just to to make the the state of things seem more bleak than they initially did in the show i think this scene really establishes like ava as a mid-apocalyptic text it's not post-apocalyptic yet it's not like building to an apocalypse well this movie kind of is building to an apocalyptic moment but uh it's very much like yeah some terrible shit happened 15 years ago this is us trying to hold on like there is there's a lot of peace and maybe maybe you know there's things that happening in the world that made me grab onto these ideas but just like this idea of like there are things going on in tokyo 3 where they're like holding on to normal life shinji goes to school he has friends he has a day job piloting a robot um but at the end of the day like he goes to this facility and it's like yeah here's all the living mammals um you know one day we might make the sea not blood uh and have fish again but until then it's all here and uh, I it, I think it's just a very interesting world building thing that I think helps ground the. It, it it doesn't feel like it's happening to motivate Shinji and give him stakes. It's just a very interesting thing where it's like Masato 
was around before this happened. She was like your age or younger when the second impact happened. Um, so and like now Shinji, you being fourteen, you were born after it. You don't know. Or actually, well, how old is he? Because he's like fourteen, right? He's fourteen. Mm-hmm. It happened fifteen years ago. My question is, when did Yue die? No, I don't know. I guess because I'm like I, I guess I was thinking she died closer to the second impact, but it must that must just be wrong. Um. Anyways, yeah, I think all that's interesting and very cool. This movie does a really good job of leaning on being a like post post apocalyptic movie. Yeah, it's, a, it's a, we're about to get a second apocalypse, but it's like yeah, it's post apocalypse and then post like stabilizing after the world went to shit. Like yeah, things are still rocky, but like there are governments in place. There is yeah, absolutely stuff that's like established. Like there's an aquarium that is filtering the blood out of the sea. I feel like the movie does a better job than the show of showing that, like, things are a little stable, but, like, we can thrive here. Mm-hmm. Um, we just yeah. have to deal with the big monsters, and that's your job. <laughs> yeah. 14-year-old boy Shinji Akari. Yeah, you well, got and this. Speaking of, speaking of that, I felt like it did a better job with, like, in just, like, a very literal, like, visual sense, depicting some of the, like, status quo of the world. Like, I understood the city dynamics a lot more in this one. You actually get to physically see, mm-hmm. you know, the buildings kind of, like, retracting and then, like, seeing where they were. And I was like, oh, I get it now. Whereas, like, in the show, they always kind of, like, cut those weird. So I was like, oh, I kind of feel like they're underground, maybe, or there's, like, weird cities, but I don't really mm-hmm. get it. Like, this one, they, like, directly show you more of that, so you actually understand the space you're in more. Yeah, there's a sequence early on in this movie that's just watching the city like turn on and like people go to their fucking jobs and shit that like the show never had that scale or time to just show you this is what tokyo 3 is like there's a lot of fucking trains in this movie ano Mm -hmm. loves trains i'm gonna talk about trains later (laughs) yeah it's very cool and i like i really like the the world that is built in this movie in a way that you know i love the show and i think the show's really good but this is just like doing something different and also doing yeah. that different thing very very well yep gendo and fuski go to a moon base yeah and they see a, t- a topless Kaworu <laughs> sitting on uh-huh. top of uh at ava and he turns to gendo and says i'm pleased to meet you father yeah he sure yep. fucking does dude <laughs> i think he's re- i don't know i don't think he's calling him his father so much as like a father uh, someone that he would know. refer to. I I don't fucking know either. I'm gonna say I'm be real. Like that would be a really shitty way to <laughs> to change Kawori's arc for a guy <laughs> that doesn't like his kid. Gendo sure adopts a lot of kids. Yeah, well, <laughs> adopt, make a clone out of your dead wife. Uh, <laughs> arguably different things. Well, it's like how uh, it's like how when people talk about Pokemon, they say that Ash has like these six Pokemon and then thirty-seven Tauros because of that one episode. Uh-huh. Gendo's the same way, except <laughs> thirty-seven of race. Pokemon. He's just got thirty-seven <laughs> girls in jars. What a bummer! Uh, to, to joke about. Um, <laughs> Very funny though. Uh, yeah. So moon base shit is weird. They talk for a little bit about um. I don't. They can't land. They're not allowed to land. This is like Sele's moon base. Uh. But yeah, they see Kawaru up there, and they're like, "That's that looks like a boy, but this is the moon." <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny having Gendo and Fujisuki's uh, cryptic hour, but having uh-huh. it be in a fucking moon base instead of like in a boat in the Arctic. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, having Kaori be there half naked on the moon. <laughs> it's very funny. <laughs> the next part we can gloss over because it's pretty similar to this show. The eighth angel shows up. It's a bomb that's going to drop on the city. And the three uh, children work together to stop it. It's fucking incredible, though. 
Yeah, it looks I mean, it's cool so looking, dope for sure. This this movie is why I was so excited for that episode of the podcast, and then I was like, I guess it's just okay in the show. Um, and then this movie was like, oh yeah, this is why I fucking love this angel. It's because they Thing really all the go little for people it. inside. It's so fucked waving up. Waving their arms around. Ah, yeah, and like I don't know, I I love the the whole set piece rules. The way Masada is like, yeah, people are evacuating. Um, and she's like, also this being the first time they have to work together, I think works. A little bit like mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if I would say stronger than the show because the show just has different goals in mind, but uh, it really fucking works for this movie of of making them all work together and um all, all the action is so good the way that like Tokyo bends to give uh Shinji like steps to jump on and shit to run on it's just I just I can't help but not like cheer fucking watching it it's so cool that's mm-hmm. the thing. I, I mentioned this in the Discord. Something that the rebuild movies have above the show is that everything's just so much fucking cooler. Mm-hmm. The show's like, it sucks to pilot a robot. All of this is sad. Trauma first, action second. And this movie's like, it's just fucking cool. Look at him run on the wall like a race car. And then he jumps on the steps. Fuck. It's like a trade-off 50-50 for me. Like, some things are cooler in the movie, and sometimes it's like, oh, I think I like this better in the show. Like, it's kind of, it's like, it was about half and half. Like, certain That's fair. Yeah. action stuff was, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I think 2.0 has its own ideas so much more than 1.0. So, like, 1.0, I'm like, yeah, that kicks, that, like, jump he does is really cool. Uh, Andrew doesn't like Ramiel, but I think Ramiel's really cool. But, like, <laughs> 2.0, I'm like, everything it goes for fucking owns, in my opinion. Well, and I'll say this for it. like i was really thinking during this like these would be awesome to see on a big screen i never thought that about the show the show i was content to just you know watch on my computer but these movies like this would be so dope on a giant screen in a theater Mm -hmm. like watching those like big like rainbow wing things kind of like unfold across the city and then all the like the buckets Mm -hmm. of blood that are flying over the city it's just so like it's so big like yeah and it's just like yeah it's just a really well uh plotted set piece like the way shinji like holds it up uh, there's some added plot beats of like, oh, it's like it reaches its own hands down to grab Shinji's and then impales his hands. Oh, and it like breaks mm-hmm. his wrists and shit or something. Yeah, it's, yeah, I forgot about that. Why. And then like Asuka gets there, but she can't get an attack in, so like Ray has to like grab it, uh, grab the core and keep it in place. But just like the the tension that's ramping up from Asuka not being able to do it, and then like from out of frame, Ray's hands come in and grab it, and they're like they're working together, and it's it's so cool. And she gets it, and they succeed after all of this 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 great stuff. And also the music in this movie, like uh, Shiro Shiro Sagasu Shigesu, I don't know if I'm saying uh, their name correctly, but uh, they've always been the composer for Evangelion. Uh, but I feel like they are just flexing so much harder on the movies than they did in the show. Mm-hmm. And I love the show's score. It's just like this movie's like, what if we ended up? What if there was ten different versions of uh, of this like battle planning song that we have? like six guitars come in um there's a couple new tracks that are just like killer i think one of them's called like angel of doom which is a a fitting name that whole set piece fucking owns yeah so after the angel's destroyed gendo praises uh shinji via voice communication later that night they do the scene again where asuka can't sleep and she uh goes and lays down on the bed with shinji but Part of the scene is different, and it stood out to me a ton. She's like, uh, 
we should uh you should call me you could as a treat you can call me asuka by my first name i'll call you idiot shinji it's amazing <laughs> it's so funny it's so funny i think it's very good that asuka is like i'm alone i'm gonna lay next to shinji rather than sleepwalk i think that's an incredibly smart and great decision mm-hmm. yeah and there's less fan service in these movies than the show which i appreciate yeah, there's a one shot of Asuka and Bad that I think is a little much, and then a shot the later, later of on. yeah, the suit which and the one with uh, Mari or whatever. Yeah, and then is. Mari, and that's really it, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's still there, but I I appreciated there being less of it. Yeah, and for some reason Mari being like so confident and thinking it's funny, I don't is is like it kind of washes over me where I'm like she's happy. I don't. <laughs> it's it's still bad because it's for the male gaze, but uh, she's happy about it. I feel like that mm-hmm. scene is just like the most utter like a man wrote this like of all time. Sure, just like yeah. oh look my boobs like <laughs> yeah common look common female yeah common female sentiment my boobs. <laughs> I I I mean hot take is actually a common female sentiment sometimes though. <laughs> sometimes. I know I know plenty of people who are very much uh, actually Marie in real life. Sure. So I support them, but also uh, yeah a man wrote this, um, yeah. and and several men directed it. <laughs> So, yeah, difference of, of who's in power and making those decisions. That uh, being said. Yes, so Asuka uh, asks why he pilots the Ava. He's like, I'm not sure, but I'm happy my dad praised me. That's when we get the Ray and Gendo meal scene. And she asks if, like, she's like, do you like, like is, like, is eating with people, like, pleasant? Do you like having people cook for you? And then they're going to, like, schedule, like, another dinner. But she's like, can, can like, the rest of the, like, Shinji and the other people be there, too? And Gendo's like, okay. But only because, like, he has this, like, flash where he, like, sees ray as yui like yeah because as they're talking they're having like a gendo's not the greatest conversationalist but like he's like yeah i enjoy eating yeah i like hang i like spending time with you yes i'm enjoying this and then she's like cool can we do like a dinner party and he's like oh well i wouldn't want to do that with shinji and them fine fine i guess we'll do it it was interesting that he like she like walks him down the logical path of like you like people you like food Let's eat. Let's have dinner with other people. And he's like, uh, he freezes up in that moment. I thought was really interesting. Yeah, I think uh, this movie is, I think, a little more concise with like him. Like, like they already have the setup of like, yeah, this is the only person he's ever like. You know, he has his uh, his his work husband of Fuyutsuki, um, but then like Ray <laughs> is the only person he really cares about in that setup in one point uh, whereas, like, yeah, he smiles with her, she smiles with him, and they're both cold to everyone else. Um, and then in this, it's like, she's like, well, I'm starting to feel differently and wanting to interact with other people. Do you think that you would? Because she's like, I don't know at what point she pieces together. It must be from the aquarium scene, something that Shinji says, where she, because she's, her active goal is like, I want to make Shinji happy, and I know he wants a relationship with his dad, so I'm going to try and get them to hang out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I think... Solid plot line, and also very good for what if we give Ray an emotional arc and connect her with other characters that is extremely true to the fact that she is a clone of UA. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I found it a lot easier to care about Ray in this movie than I yes. ever did in the show. The show, to yeah. Anno's own admission, forgets about Ray. I never understood why people liked Ray until I saw this movie. She's nice. That's it. That's like, I've, I've seen literally like memes of like, uh, People who like Asuka, and that's like a huge paragraph of text too small to read. And then people who like <laughs> Ray, she's nice. 
And then people who yeah. like Masato, she's hot. It's like that's that's the those are the three things. I have a lot to hey, like about Masato. I love Masato. Yeah, I could yeah. write paragraphs about Masato too. It's just a very good punchline. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. She's also pretty good in this movie, though. I don't remember when we get to her interacting with Kaji. There, oh, that that too. There's a moment that I really loved from Masato in this movie. I'm gonna jump ahead just for, for like one sentence. Go but for it. There's a scene where she gives Asuka like really earnest advice, like actually taking the role of like being an older person who is in her mm-hmm. life and could like teach her a thing or two uh it just kind of like yeah there's a lot about the world that you don't know like you know in, in enjoy and embrace like finding all that and it's just like i love just seeing masada like kind of like actually take a, a mentor role with asuka because i feel like we never really got that much during the show yeah i, I think asuka has her walls up a lot more throughout the show and then i think it kind of makes sense because you it eventually leads you to her very tragic end point of that show um whereas this movie's like how do we make a cohesive like through line of a character arc for this one two-hour movie and it's like she shows up she's you know cold and arrogant and Masada was like you know you may have different feelings when you're older and she's like well so what if i do <laughs> but yeah i like that conversation and we'll get there when we get to uh a pretty big change in the movie from the show yeah yeah huge <laughs> uh which um, i think might actually that might be next is that that whole next angel start to finish thing because i think i oh yeah because i think uh asuka you know talks to shinji in bed uh and then i think it's like a that's when we get the title card for the midpoint of the movie 50 minutes in we get another title card which is amazing yeah there's Mm -hmm. like there's like a nice little shadow under the inn which I like. I'm just like, oh, this is the shadow of the original show. It's probably not that deep. But anyways, <laughs> after I remember after that title card, it's like a hard cut to fucking US base fucking explodes. It's fucking destroyed. <laughs> and it's like a, a lot of information given very quickly where it's like, yeah, they were trying to make this angel or they're trying to make this Ava unit and it's fucking exploded. They're all dead. Uh, and now they're sending over uh, their remaining thing to test and we have to find a pilot for it. And earlier in this movie, they set up the fucking Vatican Treaty, which is a great plot excuse for a country to only have three uh, Avas at a time. So for them to <laughs> accept this uh, robot to test, they have to put Unit 02 in like a government sealed lockdown cage or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. Which is fine. I think it works. It makes sense that that rule would exist or whatever the fuck yeah but uh asuka is very unhappy about it and she's like why does it have to be mine and they're like because it's technically not japan's so it's not our call which also makes sense and then right before or right after this they also introduce um they they bring marie back yeah she uh, she, like, she drops in she drops in where are we dropping uh, boys shinji on a roof <laughs> And so I was like, oh, okay, I guess they're going to do this plot line, but with her as the pilot? I don't really care about it as much in this movie, I guess, as I did with Toji in the older one, but okay, I guess that works. There's a new way to introduce a character, sure. And it didn't go that way. Sure it didn't. Um, yeah, her introduction on the on the ceiling of the school is fun, where she has her conversation on the phone in English, and she's like, she can tell that Shinji is a pilot because he smells like LCL. 
Um, also, she's a fucking creep who like crawls up on him and smells him. Mm-hmm. She's she's so weird and she's so fun. She's yeah. like, I think like like Andrew's saying she feels like a fan fiction character. The fact that she like flies in like mm-hmm. a parachute and then on the phone she's like, "Well, you told me to come into Japan covertly." It's just like this is such a weird, wacky character next to everyone else, and I love her. I hate that it works. <laughs> I feel like on paper it should not work, but it does. It's great. It it's feels so good. Like it, it feels like when you were a kid going to see like a Digimon or Pokemon movie and they introduced some new character, you're like, whoa, who's that? This is cool. It felt like that with this. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know why she completely works within like the framework as like a weird foil to everyone else. It's like uh, too convenient that she knows all the things that she does and shows up at the right times. But I don't know. She's fun. I like her. I'm happy <laughs> she's here. Her Her existence just feels like an event to me. Yeah. Yeah, she she feels like illustrious. A, she feels like an insert fan fiction character, but like the series knows that she's that and is leaning into it and playing with it. Yeah, in, in a way that I don't necessarily understand, but I think works. I'm having. I couldn't a great tell time you on paper why it. it works, but it does. Yeah, I don't know. I think I don't, I don't know why it works. Maybe it's be- like there's not a like Asuka's not in this movie a ton, so like maybe it just feels like. Because there's not so much less of her than everyone else, it like kind of works. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's more effective than a lot of Marvel cameos. It's more effective than Captain Marvel showing <laughs> up in Endgame. So sure. if that's that, I guess if that my standard of a of a plot convenient strong person showing up, I don't know. Captain Mari. Anyway, Captain Mari. Exactly. Uh, actually, Asuka's a captain. They make a big deal about that. I don't know what the title means for yeah. for Nerve, mm-hmm. but yeah, it doesn't mean she's good at robot stuff. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she's great, and they need to figure out who to pilot this uh robot. Um, and the viewer finds that out because Kinsuke knows, which is just like the uh the show where they're they're actually walking across. They're walking towards the basketball court, of of course, because Toji's here. But they're eating sea salt ice cream together, which mm-hmm. is, uh, I guess, just a, a... This has to just actually be a cult- cultural thing in Japan, now that I've seen two things that ask the viewer to understand that sometimes sea salt ice cream has a, a winner on the stick. Because they make a, a, ver- a very smart line about it. Uh, because Ken says, like, I wonder who's going to pilot this robot. God, I wish it were me, like he did in the show. But then we cut to Toji finishing his ice cream, and he's like, oh, I didn't win this time. I I feel like it's so vague and cheeky that either you think he didn't win, that means he's going to die again, or get fucked up again, he didn't die in the show. Um, Or you you know, oh, is he not going to be in the robot this time? And they don't immediately give you all the information from that, but I really like that just like, that very subtle thing of like, oh, I didn't win this time in that context. It's very good. It's very good. What was what was your immediate assumption when that? Did you think that he wouldn't be so in it? We should we should come out and say what we're talking about if we're gonna get into that. Uh in the yeah. show, it was Toji that is piloting uh this new Ava that ends up that being this the scene where Gendo disables Shinji's controls and makes the uh the dummy plug go berserk on it and, and Shinji has to hurt his friend. That was Toji in the show, and this time they completely swerve you by doing all the same setup for Toji and then having it be Asuka instead. Yeah. Um, which mm-hmm. was, I was like, what the fuck? Um, well, that's the thing. There's like, they're very clear up front that it's Asuka, like before. And like, so, so much to the point that when it happens, Shinji knows. But, but also, though, I was like, part they're, of, they're part of the They're playing with the viewer. Yeah. 
Yeah, part of the experience from the show was I was like, well, I, I know what happens here. I know in my heart what happens here. So it can't be mm-hmm. Asuka. They're fucking with me the other way. I know it's Toji. And like, that's mm-hmm. the thing. I, I read the popsicle thing as like, oh, like he didn't win because like he, this shit's going to suck for him. Yeah. It's basically how I interpreted it. I, which I like that it's the way. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, and so I was really thrown off when they, when it was Asuka in there because I kept being like, but, but, but no, that's Toji, right? And then it's like, no, dude. Like, no. It's not. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. And I really loved watching it knowing that information and i was i was excited to hear y'all's first time takes on it but like having because like they also they they do the winter stick scene and then later kinsuke talks about uh kinsuke on the phone with shinji's like yeah toji is uh at the hospital right now his sister's better and they cut to like them like hugging and like how loving mm-hmm. he is for his sister and i'm like either this is really mean or it's just funny because i because I, because they're just playing with the idea of like no he's totally fine he's great don't yep. fucking worry about toji and they're, i think they're just like really pulling one over on the audience which i could see watching the rebuild the for the first time being like they're just trying to make it hurt harder they're just trying to fuck me up even harder when toji uh-huh. gets uh completely murked but no, like there, there's some setup where they're like, "Oh, I can't believe they." It, it's a real bummer that they scheduled this event for this the same day as the dinner party, and uh, at some point they just kind of out and say that Asuka volunteers to do it. Yeah, I think that in the sh- I think that having it be Toji hits harder emotionally just comparing the two versions but i will say this i think for these movies it makes a lot more i, I completely understand why they switch it to asuka it yeah. makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. and also i feel like everything they did surrounding that change up works really well they did it really they did a really good job yeah toji's yeah, toji I, as the side character works better 17 episodes into a show than it would work mm-hmm. three hours into your you know your film franchise yeah that's where when i was watching i was like well from an from an insider perspective, I know that Toji's in the robot, and it's gonna hurt because it hurts to watch always. Yeah, but like the movie hasn't set him up to be in it at all. Like, there's no exactly. he's in a couple scenes, but it's not like there's any reason to care about him going into this. And yeah. so, um, mm-hmm. I, I was like, oh well, okay, this is gonna hurt, but I guess it won't hurt as bad in this movie. And then they swerved on me, and I was heartbroken. Yep, by what they actually did with it, which is the. I had to stop the movie and like loosely explain to Sam what was going on mm-hmm. uh, because I was like, I, I don't know what, where this is going, but I hope it doesn't play out the same way because like I can barely handle that with Toji, but I don't really care about Toji in the grand scheme of things. Comparatively, I yeah. care about Asuka as a character. And so I like to Toji do a lot. That with her would be real rough. Yeah. I, this is something I was thinking about in the last episode when I was like, yeah, there's less Toji and Kinscan 1.0, but I'm okay with it. And it's because that he's not as pivotal to the plot as he was in the show. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. And I think this movie is really smart about the way it is building its own plot that is effective the first time. Or, if you happen to know the show, it's very smartly engaging with the original text. Like, it's doing both mm-hmm. effectively. And I love yeah, that. It's, mm-hmm. it's really impressive when you break it down like that. Yeah, yeah. And also, yeah, I think the cut to him with the hospital with hearts all over his head's fucking hilarious. It's like mean, <laughs> yeah. but it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, so that basically plays out the same, only uh Shinji's alone, Ray's robot is out of commission. Um and obviously Asuka is in the other entry plug. But yeah, like it turns into an angel. That's when 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 she's suiting up for that test is when 
she has the really nice phone call with Masato that you talked about earlier, mm-hmm. where she was like, am I doing this for me? Am I doing this to help out Ray and Shinji with their, their dinner date plan? Because uh, uh, we skipped over something very important. This movie still has the elevator scene where she oh, confronts yeah. uh, Ray. And before we talk about that, we should mention that both Ray and Asuka have been trying to learn to cook to cook for Shinji. Mm-hmm. Very cute. A lot of really good scenes come out of that. Uh, I think the Masato coming home to see Asuka cooking scene is just one of my favorite additions. It's fucking hilarious. And also like very genuine and, and, and nice in a way that the show never really let them have and probably wouldn't have worked in the show, but really works here. Mm-hmm. Masato has some very good physical comedy in that uh, scene. Um, but yeah, so that kind of builds up to Asuka being like, do you think that you're better than me because you're also doing the thing that I'm doing in the elevator? It doesn't run quite as long as the original show's elevator scene, and they add Asuka doing a little sniff, which I really like. I love that sniff. I love it whenever characters do <laughs> things that normal people do and characters in movies don't. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, there's a lot of good Tom Cruise sniffing <laughs> in, uh, in Collateral, which is a great movie. And <laughs> um, this sniff, and also the one that I always think of is uh, Wonder Woman, a relatively okay film, but uh, there's a scene where Chris Pine, like, pushes his hair out of his face but continues with the scene and i'm so glad they used that take because it just kind of feels more engaging than if they stopped it and did it over Mm -hmm. all of that to say that it works really well in this animated elevator scene as well when asuka does a little sniff um but their (laughs) their fight is mostly the same only they talk about that they have the the doll conversation where she's like you just do what everyone tells you to do but then that it changes when she sees that she also has band-aids on her hands from cutting herself cooking notably a shit ton more band-aids than asuka has yeah so in the show i know that there's a slap there like in the movie but it plays out differently here right in the movie ray catches her hand right is that what happens in the show i think she smacks her i don't remember the details doesn't ray slap asuka in this scene in the show i couldn't tell you i remember ray slapping shinji in another scene, which happens in one point. Maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm getting the two of those combined in my head. It's possible. I don't know. Okay. I remember that. That is the last part of the elevator scene that I would remember, because <laughs> I think about sure. how long it is, how effective it is, and uh, mm-hmm. and the actual conversation. I there was part of me that like when they started talking, I was like, it's not long enough, but <laughs> 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 but it, it it's fine. It works. But uh, yeah, that that scene happens, and that's important to talk about. Uh, and then when Asuka is on her way to the testing facility, she gets a call from Ray, and she says thank you because they they had that conversation earlier. Everyone, they, there's a lot of subtext built up for this fucking dinner date. Um, and Asuka kind of is like, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the testing so so they can still have that without me. Mm-hmm. It's like she didn't really want to go, but she feels good that she got to to do that nice thing for them, even though she doesn't admit it. Um, and that's why the conversation on the phone with Masato is so good, where she's like, do I, where she's like struggling to, to care about other people. And Masato is like, you know, maybe when you're older, you'll feel differently about things than you do now, which is like really a really effective conversation. This, this, this movie and, and 1.0, I think also, but this movie more so even, says a lot of the, the, the subtext of the show louder and very effectively. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's in a way that works, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
I think Ano and, and Suramaki both are like, yeah, we want to make this an accessible blockbuster that you can like even if you don't know the show. And I think that's more effective in 2.0 than 1.0. And also just like the way that it is, it is doing that effectively and also fun if you happen to know the show. Yes. It's not just changing stuff for, for it's, it's it, like it makes, it, it is fascinating to watch knowing the original a series of events. It's not just, well, none of this makes sense because all of this is different. Like it's very, uh, I think, intelligently altered. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so we covered uh, Shinji being forced to brutalize Ava 03 and the uh, the plug that has Asuka in it, like biting it in half and that whole scene. Two tiny Rip. changes that I think are fascinating is that the dummy plug system locks Shinji's hands down in the movie. That's a, a tiny visual change that is uh, horrific to think about. And yeah, it, it bites the, um, the plug rather than breaks it in its hand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Still fucked up and worse that it's Asuka in there. It, well, I, I have mixed feelings on that. But anyway. It's different. Yeah. I think both are good. I think both are good as well. After that, um, that's when we get the scene from the show. I mean, it's, it's different, obviously. Uh, th- that's the tagline of this episode. It's different. Um, <laughs> but, so, sh- but so Shinji is like, fuck you, dad. You made me, like, fuck up my friend. And, uh, and Gendo's like, shut up. And then, like, Shinji's, like, all- his Ava's, like, on top of Nerve headquarters and, like, stomping on it. And then Gendo's like, yeah, <laughs> do, the, do the LCL pressure and fuck this kid up. So then he, uh, his, like, Ava, like, falls off the, the pyramid. And that's when they show us that Asuka's alive. She's just in urgent care. Mm-hmm. They then bring Shinji in front of Gendo in, like, handcuffs. Gendo tells him to grow up. And uh, Shinji's like, I don't know what it means to be an adult and quits as a pilot like he did in the show. Mm-hmm. I yield my time. Fuck you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, Andrew. <laughs> so fucking good. Um, <laughs> all right, so... Misato tries to get Shinji to stay, um, and she's kind of does so by like revealing that the reason Ray was trying to hold the dinner party was that so he and his father could grow closer together. But Shinji leaves anyway. That's when the uh, tenth angel is reported, and Mari comes back into the movie. Uh, she hijacks uh, Asuka's Ava and goes into the whole geo front, and then that's when like Ray- it doesn't like, come back at all. But I assume it's you know important. They show Kawaru uh, getting ready to go to Earth with his. Uh, Ava at this point in time. I would like to cut you off for just a second. Did did you watch that through the credits? Like, did you watch all the way to mm-hmm. the end? Uh, I forgot to this time. I, I messed up. I was I was rushed trying to get to you all in time. Woof. Okay, we this this uh okay. <clears throat> this episode's gonna have a, a fun ending. Uh, I th- there was <laughs> there there was a couple other things I wanted to to point out. We'll get back to that. I promise. This episode this episode has a hard out, so it might be. Well, well it'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, we re- learn the reveal that the dinner party is the same day as the test in a scene where Masato gets drunk with Kaji. I just wanted to say that scene's very good. Yes. And when Shinji wakes up after being pressurized on the LCL, it's the same unfamiliar ceiling, um, which is always good. I think it's before he wakes up, he, there's a scene where he, he returns to the, the metaphysical psychological analysis train. Yeah. <laughs> Choo-choo, all aboard. All aboard, baby. The the real reflection of this uh, scene is uh, using his Walkman that he always listens to as a as a metaphor that it, it's kind of just like a comfort uh, coping thing in the show. But in this movie, they dig into it a little bit more by saying that it used to be his dad's. And he was like, yeah, his, his dad left it behind just like he did me. 
Um, he's like, when I listen to this, I can close out, you know, if I close out my ears, I can close out the world. That's just, that scene's good. I wanted to talk about that because uh, when he quits Nerve, he leaves it behind and we see that Ray finds it in the trash can and like saves it and holds on to it and has it with her later. Now I yield my time. Fuck you. <laughs> Mari is fighting the 10th angel, but she can't really do anything to it. And then she does the coolest shit ever. Uh-huh. She puts in a, a fucking cheat code that turns the Ava into beast mode. Literal beast mode. Literal. She Not fucking the- goes sicko mode, dude. Mm-hmm. And, and it's the raddest shit I've ever seen. The rope. She puts on death grips and says, I am the beast I worship. It's so fucking cool. <laughs> She's yeah, the like, unlike everyone else, I know you're not a robot, so uh, let loose, kid. Uh-huh. You ever just feel like going rip shit? <laughs> Aren't you tired of being an Ava? Don't you just want to go ape shit? <laughs> oh, it's so dope. It's so dope. Uh, it's the sickest thing. Yeah, it's like, all, it's like on all fours, and it's got these like weird blue tubes coming out of it, and it's just, yeah, it's metal as hell. Yeah. But also, the, as the Wikipedia notes, it proves futile as she is severely damaged by the 10th. But fuck it, it didn't matter, it was cool. It's, yeah, it's so cool, it's like, I think it's it's cool because, you know, like, oh shit, Marie knows more than everybody else here, and why are the Avas able to do this? Um, It's like, yeah, it's very feral, the way it, like, opens up and, like, its fucking teeth get, like, long and skinny, and it's just like, it all looks so fucking cool. This movie looks so good. Sure does. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Suramaki. Yeah, great, great action with uh, her piloting uh, Unit 02. Why can she do that? That's a question I have that I don't, yeah, know, I, f- I don't know the answer to. Because she's an Asuka self-insert character. Yeah, there was, there was a <laughs> moment where I was like, shit, did they change Asuka's last name? So she has the same last name as Mari? But no, I'm, that's not true. I just, <laughs> I just don't know why Asuka she can... Asuka Langley Illustrious. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just don't know why she can pilot it. It's probably not important or maybe it is and we'll find out later i just don't know the answer to that question it might come <laughs> up in the discord when someone hears sure. this but yeah she goes beast mode it owns uh there's a lot of people at, at like at nerve like fuck who's in that and why is why is that robot able to do that hold on that's weird it does it i don't know does it make any damage on the angel or is it just like up against the at field pretty much i don't think so it does later when it teams up with someone else but i think yeah so ray shows up with a missile <laughs> and uh and the the ava units remove the angels at field but ray pushes uh mari away to safety before the missile detonates yes and so this is where it's like kind of like the show but also different so mari crash lands into the shelter that shinji is hiding in and they uh witness ray's ava being de- devoured by the 10th angel and like shinji's like in mari's ava's hand which is really cool, like overlooking the whole scene. Mm-hmm. But then some buck wild shit happens where the uh, the angel then begin. It's the same thing from the show, but it's 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 different in presentation. It starts to like match Ava Zero Zero's uh, identification signal. It starts morphing into like a giant ray. Yeah, well, it like eats her first. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 oh yeah, it, it bites her off at like the at like the knees. Yeah, like, it just takes the whole upper body off in a bite. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. it looks like some real Monica Magica shit. Like it it. Uh, terrifying and great, and then yeah, it gets uh, a weird naked woman body. Um, after that, yeah, and then Shinji obviously by seeing that is convinced to go back to Nerve. They do the scene from the show where he, he's like, "I want to pilot Ava," and Gundo's like, "Oh, what are you doing here?" And tries to be like a pompous ass instead of just being like, "I need your help." <laughs> he runs through some destroyed melon fields, 
uh, which yep. I was really terrified they were going to be too on the nose and he was going to like say something about it. <laughs> but they just, it just, it's just a visual. He just runs through it. It would have been so much less if he was like, oh no, Kaji's melons. This must be a world melons, where nothing good like can Kaji. grow. Yeah, we didn't say it, but they did, they did do the Kaji melon field scene. Yeah. So yeah. in case mm-hmm. anyone was worried. Yeah. Oh yeah. Fucking Kaji being like, hey Shinji, why don't you ever go on a date? Like, you want to go on a date with me? And he's like, but we're both boys and he's like gender has nothing to do with love and then uh we cut away to shinji screaming and then he's like no just kidding i wouldn't you're i wouldn't kiss you but still what i said is true <laughs> and, then, and then yeah he like, takes him to go see the melons and shinji's like really happy about it i just love that evangelion 2.0 is a movie where someone says gender has nothing to do with love yeah although it's <laughs> the scene involves mixed feelings because like hell yeah on that front but then also like why the hell is kaji leaning in to kiss shinji like mm-hmm. the, the movie is just like for the most part kaji's actually a lot less gross in this but they're like well he can't be not entirely gross we gotta like do something yeah with him. he's still a weirdo and does questionable things yeah. um we we glossed over his when he reunites with ritsuko and uh masato because it's basically the same as the show yeah um but mm-hmm. that's yeah that's that's and even that too, like having watched the whole show and coming back to it now where I'm like, I don't know, they're that comfortable with each other. I don't find it that weird as I, as I did the first time. Cause I was like, I did not know the bounds of like their, or I didn't remember more specifically the bounds of like their relationship or like what they were comfortable with. And it's like, yeah, all these adults are kind of just fucking around. It's a bummer for like Ritsuko mainly because I know she's being like, she has no power in her relationship with Gendo that she has mm-hmm. um and that's probably why kaji's nice to, like nice to be with and masato you know have they have their whole fucking backstory that's not really in this movie right it is a tiny bit kaji just does the, the line from the show of like she's like he's like what do you like uh, do you like um masato and then uh, shinji's like oh i don't dislike her and then he's like uh you're not the only one that knows what she looks like when she's sleeping so they, they put in there that they have a history they just don't like dwell on it like they did in the show yeah it uh, yeah mm-hmm. they don't they talk and then like they talk about their college days. Yeah, and the drunk scene, they're still like close. It's just like yeah, yeah it's not really as uh as much of a plot line as it is in the show. There's not they don't like it's not like a tragic thing where we're worried about Masato. It's just kinda like, eh, they had a fling, she's not happy to be around him now. I don't know, exes yeah. are like that sometimes, and he's still very comfortable with uh with Ritsuko, so uh whatever. Yes um okay so yeah runs through the melon field yes gets back in in the ava after again i was like okay fine i guess you can save my ass well yeah because the, the the dummy system uh the the robot or ava unit one is rejecting it which i think happened in the show as well yeah so yeah then in the ava he manages to stop the the angel from destroying the bridge and he's like fighting with it and he's kicking ass but then the ava runs out of power and loses its arm yeah and the and the blood splashes on gendo similar to the show mm-hmm I feel like it's even more. I could be imagining that, but it seems like they're like like new movie, more blood. Yeah, I that I think that's a fair read. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the that all still looks great. It's like the same general movement, but just like looks, you know, it's on a much bigger scale. The scene of uh, Unit One breaking through the nerve headquarters still fucking owns. Yep. Yeah, and they still do the the launch out of there. Yeah, that still rules. Mm-hmm. He does a little kick now, like he puts his foot up on the wall, which I don't think happened in the show. Very tiny detail, but I love it. It's just like weirdly tactile. Yeah. So then uh Shinji's like basically going super saiyan, his eyes are like glowing and he yells like give me back Ayanami and then uh the Ava reactivates 
it blocks the angel's attacks with like a super strong at field it grows back the missing arm but it's almost like like a orange energy human arm looking thing yeah mm-hmm. it glows um, at field arm mm-hmm. it's super it's, cool. yeah it's like raw energy uh-huh and it, so it slices the angel in half with eye beams and it opens up the core and then this is where shit like really went like off the rails for me yeah then like Shinji sees Ray like cowering inside this thing and he's like reaching his hand through this like barrier into the angel and his ha- his skin's like getting like it looks like it's getting ripped off because it's like going his like face and arm are going to like red it's like the skin's being peeled away and it's all red yeah uh he's reaching out his hand to her, trying to pull her out and she's like uh yeah I can be replaced and she means literally but you know Shinji doesn't know shit so he's like what are you talking about there's mm-hmm. no one else like you um you're my friend <laughs> yeah and so so he's he keeps entering the angel and uh i guess it's causing it to fuse with his ava it's 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 questionable he he has reached a synchro rate that uh heretofore unseen with his unit uh a one yeah they're worried he won't be able to be a human anymore they they set this up in teases yeah. a couple times throughout the movie but now they're like uh oh yeah and and he's like re- like using that raw at field energy to like reach into the angel's core and be like i know you absorbed my friend i'm going to get them back fuck you yeah and it's and it's visualized yeah by him like reaching through this like blue space and and uh his skin burning off yeah so like shinji embraces ray they like uh i guess begin to dissolve shinji's like thanking her for her efforts at bringing him and his father together she apologizes that she couldn't do anything but shinji says things are okay the way they are um and then the wiki is failing on me but i would never forget this in my life he like is the hypest shit he like yanks her out of there and then they do a cut of uh, her hand pulling up with her the um the like, cassette player. Yep. And then like he succeeds mm-hmm. in getting her out, and it's just like God, it's so good. And then uh, yeah. Also, the third impact is happening. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I was, that's what I was getting. Yeah, so the, the yeah. sky is turning red. There's like <laughs> fucked up visuals all over the place. It's ominous as hell. The Ava gets a halo. A black yeah. hole appears. It's like yep. sucking the city into it. And Masato's like, "Uh, it's just like the second impact. This is the third impact. This and is the continuation slams- of the second impact. It's called the third impact." <laughs> yeah, and then, and then slam to uh, Utada Hikaru uh, end credits. And this is if I don't get to say anything else about the movie, I want to say this: this movie created like real like all caps emotions like pathos that i kind of struggled with with the show at times i talked about it before it's like there's moments where i feel like emotionally connected to the people but like it's more of a show where like you're kind of thinking about and analyzing the relationship oh that's Mm -hmm. sad it's not like other shows where you like viscerally feel the emotions and this movie did that for me a couple times rebuilt when yeah really uh when it's breaking my heart (laughs) when uh when when shinji's being forced to like destroy asuka like i like had a moment where i really like was able to get into his shoes and like feel it and i like felt Mm -hmm. sick to my stomach i was like oh god like actually like imagining it and then at the end here with like the the triumph of him like pulling her out and like the 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 symbolism of like her with the cassette player as they do it and like the music and like just like shinji overcoming everything to to pull that off it's like so satisfying and then like that that um and then like this song obviously is doing a lot of heavy lifting as well the fucking you can put you know tato hikaru's song with anything and it'll create emotional resonance the pga tour should like commission her <laughs> like I, I would get like i would be like crying be like yes you did it like it's so good 
so like yeah that that's that i think is more than anything what prompted the fuck just like the the, the third act of this is so it's a, such a huge cosmic fucked up metal scale with all like the visuals that are happening but also it's coupled with like this huge overcoming of like obstacles by shinji Mm -hmm. with like again like this like this tiny shot of like this is what it's all about and then the music and like oh it just and it's it's rooted in in very different things like before you're like yeah you're thinking about it you're feeling bad it's like character analysis stuff in the show where you're like you're like ah shinji oh boy i'm i feel bad for you i can't look away though and then this show you're like yes save ray i care about ray so do you save her you just lost Mm -hmm. asuka you're not gonna lose another friend uh, and and obviously mm-hmm. he cares about Ray. I think more it mirrors like both of these movies end up being about Shinji saving Ray, and it's much more effective in this movie because they give her a character. Whereas <laughs> uh, the first movie is uh, so much like the show that she doesn't really have one yet. And like I get it, that's the point, but uh, to different effectiveness of of each one. Yeah, I feel like out of the whole twenty six episode show and uh the end of evangelion thing and the first movie this is the most satisfying wow shinji really got in that robot huh like moment yeah. uh, it's so it's yeah so, yeah, the, yeah and, it feels and, great and there are people who hate it because it's has such different goals from the show that they don't want to watch these goals we happening need this though we need mm-hmm. one of these give me one good win of shinji being like a shonen protagonist just once he like, did come on. start like, the third impact though <laughs> i do want to make that clear he started he, the last line of this movie before the credits roll is the world is ending. So it's, personal it's, victories come with costs in the Evangelion universe. That's why it's so effective too, though, because it's this marriage of this really triumphant scene with also, Oh God, the world is ending. Like, like these characters are fucked. Like it's like the whole, it's, it's like, he saved it's like her, but at what cost? Exactly. It's like simultaneously mm-hmm. really hopeful and hopeless. And it just like the, and then again, like that music comes in and you're just like, where are my emotions right now? They're all over the place. Yeah. And it's, it's awesome. Yeah. That's the most shonen thing you can do. Yeah. It owns. And it like rules. this movie makes me care more about saving Ray than I care about the fact that the third impact is happening. Yes, That'll happen. But, we'll get but, to it. But, also but we saved simul- Ray. Yeah. We, yeah. They, they did it. And I care about it. Holy shit. Exactly. And I, I like Ray more than a lot of people already from the show, but still. Yeah. Well, and what's so cool about it is that, like you said, it does that while simultaneously not. It still feels like the third impact is a big deal. We just are that exuberant about saving Ray. There's another version of this mm-hmm. where you'd be like, "Yeah, we saved Ray." I'm like, "Ah, this doesn't really feel like much of a threat. I don't really care." But like, they're they're both very they both loom large, like the the win mm-hmm. and the like approaching loss. Yeah, it's, they it's both a feel important mm-hmm. and big, ridiculously effective climax. Um, we're skipping over like a bunch of character dialogue that happens, like. Kaji's like, oh, they reached this point before they defeated all the angels. Uh, Sele is not going to like that. Uh, yep. They, Fuzuki and Gendo have a quick line where it's like, we were able to awaken Unit 01 by by having these two together. Our plan worked, yada, yada, yada. None of that fucking matters because we're here for, for Shinji saving Ray, And that's like, it works. <laughs> Kaji's like, end of Eva's not scheduled for another two movies. Holy shit. <laughs> it rules we'll talk about the post credits in a second since you didn't uh watch it uh quite yet sorry i fucked up um but yeah i i think i think we've said so so many things that are 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 good and accurate about this movie and ascertaining like what it does differently and how it like makes very smart changes and um how it I, i i think what i find so like the fact that it's a really good movie and nails everything it's going for and makes a, a very emotionally and visually compelling blockbuster. That's like, that's like a, f- a five star for me. Like on its, on its face, 
five star movie. Mm-hmm. But like the fact that it is so playfully and intelligently engaging with the, the original source material text in a way that doesn't drag it down or feel forced or anything. It just like it is just effortlessly effortlessly doing all of the things it wants to do. I'm like, I need a six star. I need to I need to somehow make a new six star level. And I think I, I've been thinking about ranking Ano's stuff for for like the last episode of the show, like after I've rewatched everything, being like, maybe that's a thing I'll do in the in the Shin Godzilla episode. Um, and Chris, I don't know if you'll get around to watching everything, so I don't know if you know if you'll want to do that either. But um, I really struggle. I can't even tell me to. I'm I'm Shinji. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've, I've I've sent you links to watch some other stuff recently, so I don't know if you if that's a, a goal of yours. But yeah, I will. I I really struggle with like okay, I know what my, my top ones are, but I do not know if I think this is a stronger movie than End of Evangelion because they have such completely different goals and completely yeah. different like emotional responses that are both ridiculously powerful. But like, I don't know, this one I scream and cheer and the other one I turn into a puddle and they're both like doing their intended goals to maximum effic- like efficiency. It's just a, like and like and like end of Evangelion's also different because it has some ridiculous action high points in the first half. So it's like with what you were saying about the like the playing off the original show and stuff. This movie is so fascinating, especially in comparison to the last one, because this time when I saw like scenes that I had already seen from the show, I just felt like oh it's this scene as opposed to last time where I was like uh, now I can be on my phone now I can kind of like look somewhere <laughs> else like like I don't know what was different about it, but like this time it never felt like a chore to rewatch the scenes every time i guess maybe because there's so much that was new that then it felt like a like a reassuring anchor point when it's like oh i know i this think one. that's a big now part watch of it, it again like yeah i think this movie um, starting I, with a cold open and reintroducing asuka in a new different way that felt true but different i think that is such an incredible foundation that you're immediately bought into the the next hour and a half of the movie yeah i feel like uh 1.11 ur parentheses not uh, not and parentheses alone yep. <laughs> i feel like that sets up like it's it's such a normal adaptation of the show into a movie that it sets up a spike for this movie to be like right out the gate this is different in ways that you're going to care about paying attention to i agree and then this how similar the one is sets up for the absolutely like not devast not devastating in that I'm like torn, but like I mean devastating rend in Asuka being in Unit 04, but then like the also incredibly emotional, just climactic end of this movie that you won't expect just by comparing it directly to one point one one. Yeah. I feel like that does a lot of heavy lifting to set this up as its own thing that really breaks from everything. It's why it's the subtitle, I guess. And they're doing so many, like, new, like, lore and visual stuff where, like, you you go into it thinking like I did, where I was like, I know the show, I know Toji's in there, but they do it with, like, the the world itself, too. You're like, I know what the Avis can do, and it's like, no, I don't. (laughs) And I know Mm -hmm. what the angels look like, no, I don't. (laughs) Like, they just, like, bring in, like, so much much new stuff that kind of blows your mind open as a fan of the show. Yeah, it, yeah, and it's like, shit, what the fuck happens now? Like, this movie really i think creates a complete blank slate runaway for what the fuck happens next yeah and i had a moment mm-hmm, i had a moment watching it where i was like i'm suddenly very very excited that none of us know what's going to happen in 4 and how yeah. evangelion's going to end mm-hmm. you know what i mean like cuz the, the the bulk of this has been me being like 
boy, oh boy, I can't wait to see what happens. But everyone else is like, well, we know. But like, but like, we're, we're vastly approaching a thing where we're all going to jump into that next pool together <sighs> and be like, what's happening? Like, yeah. And I, I hope to God the pandemic is cleared up by then because I need to see the 3.0 plus 1.0 in a theater. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, if, it, if it were to come on, you know, VOD or digital this fall or later, I'm watching that shit immediately. But I also am like, uh, I, the thing is, there there have been events where they played them all in a theater in like, you know, like fandom or f- whatever the fuck they're called. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Fathom. Fathom, yeah, Fathom events. And I... I the thing is, like, weirdly, Evangelion has not gotten as much love over the, like, in those events as some other things. Like, Promare was was screened here a bunch. Uh, you know, like, up until this year, there's been plenty of Ghibli summers. I think some Hosoda movies have been shown here, which, to be fair, they rule, too. But, like, Evangelion, like, I don't know if... Th- and, like, One Piece, it took forever to come to the States. Um, and I don't know if... Uh, I think 3.0 might have. I don't know if 1 or 2 did. I wonder if there's some kind of rights issue with Eva stuff. Uh, I mean, definitely. Because it was hard. It was hard to find. Like, it wasn't streaming anywhere until Netflix picked it up. What last year? Yeah. So, like, and that was you know a twenty year gap from when it first came out. If not yeah, more. Evangelion was in licensing hell for a long time, and part of that has come mm-hmm. from Ano leaving Gainax and then various lawsuits for Ano to uh, actually own all of it um, at Studio Kara, and that's kind of happened during the rebuild production cycle gotcha because i think originally it was in partnership and now it's all studio cara but uh yeah that's i mean that's it's a step an interesting part of it i was talking to, to someone about evangelion again yet last night but uh they had a a very interesting thing that i hadn't considered happening at, at, at although andrew i think you referenced it in this episode where they watched uh the netflix dub for the very first time that was their introduction to evangelion and then when they went to the mm-hmm. rebuilds they were still watching it dubbed, but they were like, these are different English voices, and it's weird. Like, they had literally Chris's reaction of, well, that's not my Misato. <laughs> and, uh... It was, yeah, I, I, Misato's the biggest difference. Mm-hmm. I feel like everyone else is a pretty close match. Um, I, I, I feel like a lot, you know, there may be different intonations and stuff between, because I, I remember watching the dub back in college, uh, like the original dub, yeah. um, and then watching it, actually paying attention now. Um, when it came to Netflix, uh, but the voices for the main characters, I felt like were pretty similar. Misato has a different tone to her. I feel um, like the original dub of Misato is very nineties in a way that the Netflix dub is not. Yes, I would agree with that. I haven't watched that much of the Netflix dub, but that is my initial take on like, this is just like, this is, this is someone who started working more recently than the original voice actor who started working in the nineties. And like, there was just different, energies of of like anime dubbing and voice acting mm-hmm. i would agree with that that's that's all interesting i i, I wonder like i i wonder if the rebuilds will will get that treatment i wonder if they will ever come to netflix as is i have no fucking clue what the dub of the fourth movie will look like for that reason because now studio kara has two official english casts i don't know what mm-hmm. the fuck any of that means i i'm curious to find out when the time comes I think when they were coming to Netflix, I feel like I remember there being an announcement that, like, we have the show, an end of Evangelion now, we're working on the rebuilds or something like that. I, I don't know. I feel like I remember that, but it, there's a chance I just heard it in, like, speculation and reporting that, like, we have this now, maybe we'll get it yeah, soon. I, I heard, uh, don't remember stories from the time. I heard the show and the movies, and I was like, well, does that mean Evangelion and, and mm-hmm. Death True? Which they have. Okay, maybe... So I don't know. Maybe that's what I'm 
conflating them? I don't know. I don't know the answers. Um, if anyone has more specific, like, sourced information, drop it in the, in the Orange Groves Discord, please and thank you. Um, but I would be super fucking bummed if uh, the original English cast does not get to do the fourth movie. I would be very depressed. <laughs> Even though I don't watch the dub, I would be personally insulted by that decision. All that being said, I want to read a bit from the booklet and the DVD. Uh, it's a very similar mission statement from the original one but now it's for this movie. I'm going to read that. We're going to talk about it. And then after that, any notes, Chris, you have, and then we'll watch the, the after credit scene and get your takes on that. We have like 30 minutes to do these things. Okay. Uh, the introduction for this booklet, I'm not going to read all of it, but just a couple of parts that I think are very fascinating, mainly regarding the subtitle of break, uh, where they say, uh, why break? What exactly is breaking? The subtitle for the three-part production, as originally announced, was Prelude Break Quick, which is the Joe Hawk U thing I was talking about in the last episode. Hmm. Um, and they go to talk about, like, yeah, the first one was the prelude, an update, and retelling of the television series uh, for a new era, uh, featuring aggressive use of CG uh, for an all-new visual expression. Here's something I think is really fucking cool. Uh, the overall concept for the new theatrical edition can be compared to a railroad! Uh, in Prelude, trains departing from the same start point will at first run in the same direction, but sooner or later, they come across rail switch points, and the familiar scenery starts to change. This is why the introductory part, which, uh, which tries to start from the same departure point, is called a Prelude. Building on that base, Part 2 break departs, with a few exceptions, from mere reproduction of past material, to proceed towards a basically new creation. This includes the appearance of new characters, new Evangelions, uh, the story also undergoes scenario modification after scenario modification, which, when combined with the copious redesigns of angels and other elements, mark a complete updating of the impression Ava originally gave. Uh, and this is my favorite part. What exactly is the goal that the staff is going so far to reach? Break here is a symbolic word. Break one Ava with another Ava. This is the objective of the Break movie. The title Evangelion was, for the creators themselves, that much of a huge goal they had to overcome. So for me, I'm like, they are destroying what they originally made with this one, which for me rings off the alarm bells of fuck canon. We'll tell, we're telling a new story. Yeah. I mean, they cracked that some bitch open, like for real. Like the, <laughs> they lightning the moment that it. like the moment that Shinji like rips that thing open and is pulling Ray out of it. You're just like, this is like, we're never going back. You can't. Just, yeah. The, the old thing doesn't exist now. Like it's, we're going somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one more thing that I'll read is the, uh, the reason for piloting uh, the Ava, that 14-year-old boy Shinji is entrusted with in battle, that is what they were pursuing. Perceptions of the people in the world that are drawn centering on this boy will be re-examined as a present-day story after the breakdown of meanings conveyed, conveyed by previous versions of Evangelion. So they're just like, new goals, new intentions, new phone, who this? And it's good. I like it. And uh, it says something else about how the next one is Q, which is Quicken. And also three. God, I can't fucking wait for that. I, it's, it's a movie. <laughs> I, I, I'm very excited to rewatch it. It is, I, I just remember it as so strange. I finished the movie at like 1 a.m. last night, and I was like, I could start three now. <laughs> but it's 1 a.m., and I don't want to spoil myself before the podcast. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to watch it. I'm Real curious to see where it goes. Yeah, from here. Chris, we'll t we can talk more about um, you know, your your three takes after we watch this post credits and preview scene. 
Sure. I'm a little scared of it because this one almost made me cry at the end. So I haven't really fucked me up. <laughs> the Utada Akira song is very good, and there's something effective about hearing it a second time. I, that's what I was gonna say, and it's it's almost like the like the whole thing that they're doing with the movies, where like they do it at the end of the first movie. It's like, oh, this is a cool end credit song, and this time it's a slightly different version, and you're like, oh, look at you, you sly bastards! Well, it's, like it's it's also <laughs> kind of funny because like Kingdom Hearts pulls that shit, where the opening song will be a techno remix of the ending. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. You try to hear rules. It's just great. God, yeah. And yeah, beautiful world is a is a great song. It's so good. There's something about not having Curl Angel's thesis that weirdly changes the tone of everything. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I love that song, but I really like that we don't have it here. I, I think these movies would be lesser if they had traditional anime opening title sequences. Yeah. I love that Anna yeah. was like, nah, I'm making, I'm making a film. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, <laughs> it's, and I it's... love classic music opening title sequences, but like, there's something really special about like, cold open, one title, this is the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One, two, three, four. I got like four more like little notes that I can throw out. Yeah, go for it. And then we can move on. Um, the video, the video that I have linked here is a minute total. So okay, cool. Um, the Ava being flown on the cross at one point in this like felt like some of the most successful um, religious imagery in the whole Evangelion franchise to me. Like, they've always been going for it, but like. There was something about that shot this time where it actually made me like think about and connect to like, you know, like in like a really like ethereal way. I couldn't put it to words really, but just like there was like a feeling of like connecting Jesus and all of that stuff to like the, the story of Jesus to like what's happening in this world and to these kids and with these Avas and all this stuff. Like there's, there's like, something about it just hit different this time where I was like, like actual martyrdom like, being done here. <laughs> yeah. Like I was, I was mm-hmm. like, I feel like you hit me with like the. The, the connection you've been trying to make the whole time, but you actually landed at this time. As opposed to just me being like, mm-hmm. look, there's a cross. It's religious imagery. Yeah. I, um. I like the vagueness in, in the first show. I like the first show is so special to me because it is constantly evolving in a way that I appreciate. I like, mm-hmm. I like the intricacies of Anno's creative drive as a person so much that, that I will always find the original show great. Yeah, me too. But I do think you're right. And, what I think is great about these movies is that they're never, they're less subtle, but they're never overstating anything. Like, just the, and, and um, this is the thing that I talk about with Michael Mann a lot, where just like, they will, they will not just say stuff for the sake of saying it, they will also be character moments. So like, this movie opening with Kaji being like, man, I hate that we have to drag kids into this. And then Mari being like, I hate that I have to bring adults into this. It says a lot about like, the stakes of children being manipulated by these, um, these like government facilities and having to pilot these robots but like it doesn't feel like they're just telling me the plot like a star wars prequel it feels like these characters are having actual thoughts that relay the themes of the movie and it rules yeah it's good Mm -hmm. and and that yeah and that's not present in in the show because the show is um a little bit more by the by the seat of its pants and evolving each couple episodes yeah uh Mm -hmm. speaking of the crosses and and mari I noticed this little detail where they paralleled her looking at the big crosses in the sky in the beginning with her looking at the city skyline when she arrives in Tokyo three. Mm-hmm. Uh, hmm. I, I liked that a lot. Cause to me, it like the feeling I got, I'm not saying this is like the one and only uh, effect they were going for, but what it said to me was just kind of like showing you the difference between this badass action hero character in the heat of this, like apocalyptic battle versus like putting her in just like the world and just like, letting you feel that, both. that difference yeah. where yeah mm-hmm. and she feels a little bit more out of place in the second one almost like yeah 
kind of like we talked about, she feels like a, like a character out of something entirely different than everyone else in the show, uh, which is yeah, interesting. I'm, I'm really curious to see what they actually do with her, because she felt very, as much as I, I liked her introduction, she's really disconnected from pretty much everything that goes on. She ends up, like, helping Shinji in the end, but she's not directly involved and i don't know her deal and i'm she, really curious to learn more about her yeah and to figure out why she's around you know yeah she's like an otherworldly figure in this movie mm-hmm. yeah she feels like a ghost that comes in and helps them sometimes it's like mm-hmm. it's really interesting i it's it's wild that it works yeah it's awesome and, and yeah. I, I i think for a lot of people it, it doesn't but i'm glad everyone here loves it nah, fuck <laughs> I'll fight everyone. This podcast has just been me like like arming myself for the eventual war with all the other Evangelion fans. Like I'm catching up on everything, getting my takes brandished. The and... original ending owns, and also Mari's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, this is a really small one, but I love the touch of uh, when they showed uh, Gendo having that meeting meeting with Sele this time. After it ended, they were really just in a big green screen room. That's <laughs> yes. so funny. I love it. Yes, <laughs> it, it's not in a way that pulls me out of it. Just in a way that's like that's. Just, it's just very it's visually funny oh we didn't talk yeah. about um another thing that i think is really funny I, I think ano and suramaki are actually great at physical comedy it's just uh this this telling of evangelion it makes sense in a way that the the show it kind of felt out of place sometimes or it only happened in the first third of the show with pin pin um but uh when they're getting like decontaminated for the aquarium yeah uh, yeah i mm-hmm. for me it'll always be the funniest trope in the world where an entire group of people is freaking out and one person isn't and just every- yeah we're raised just standing still. yeah that i mm-hmm. that killed me i'm glad it went on for as long as it did it's <laughs> it was good i loved it yeah and last thing i just don't think we mentioned it last time so if anyone's like listening to this like how am i gonna know what's happening uh ray has a new ava in these movies it looks a little different yeah yeah oh yeah it's like yellow instead of just white mm-hmm it almost has like a like a kind of like metallic bee kind of look to it rather than like mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think there's some differences to asuka's as well but not like huge glaring things i think it's just little subtle stuff that is emphasized when it goes beast mode or beast form mm-hmm. i think both are technically right um yeah i i'm looking at to see if i had any other great notes to point out we didn't talk a ton about the music that played like the the, the two oh the yeah. two songs that the, played during the, the movie kids singing yes yeah those are i looked it up those are like japanese folk songs um one one plays and they're very like lighthearted, cute it's very kamsasser todd-esque um but they're not writ- they're mm-hmm. not written originally for the show like that like that song was um well i i think that song the the lyrics of that song were written for the for the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the song itself predates that. All that being said, fucking yeah, same energy of like terrifying. It's playing over awful things happening. Uh, the first one mm-hmm. being uh the dummy system logging on and uh destroying Asuka in the in the unit four three whichever one, and it happens again when Shinji is like trying to save Ray in the climax of the film, and there's like no sound effects. It's just voices and the music and it's it rules yeah that juxtaposition of like dark things happening with like innocent children music always kind of works huh it works Mm -hmm. when auto does it it's a trick that people go to (laughs) a lot but it usually does pay off it usually does work yeah i like it a lot in these two movies i can't i'm sure there's other times i like it and i'm sure there's times it doesn't work but these are like based on these three examples that auto has done i would say yeah it works 
Yeah. Can I? I feel so bad. I've talked a fuck lot on this. I feel bad for Andrew. But one one last thing. Uh, can we just admire and like really appreciate for a second how impressive it is that Evangelion has so many different versions of itself and they're all good. Like, imagine if like other movies or TV shows tried to do this, where it's like there's going to be three different versions. You know how many of them would suck ass? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I can't imagine what that would be like. Um. Anyways, so anyways, our next podcast is about Spider Man. <laughs> After that, we're talking about Community, which does this four times yeah. to increasingly bad results. <laughs> like Arrested Development too. They keep like, mm-hmm. but that, that's just continuation. That's not the same thing. It's not really a yeah. fair comparison. But but what I'm saying is just like I don't know. Like, like each iteration has felt like oh, and this is a valuable piece of this whole story. Like this is the one where it's kind of more about Shinji's growth. This is the one about yeah. the despair of like not being able to find it in time. This is they're about, very like, smart like, about how they coexist. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. I think maybe End of Evangelion, the least of those. I think it's an incredible work of art as it is. But it the thing is, it's so defined by its context. Where I'm like, yeah, fucking go off, kings. But uh, in reality, <laughs> I think it is like I don't I don't know. It's like such a specific piece of art that I how how do you talk about it as a as a film when it is like yeah this is the last hour and a half of a of a show Mm -hmm. defined by the fact that they are retelling the original ending i don't know it's weird um i love it but it's weird yeah so which one's canon shut up here we got a second so let's get into it yeah it hasn't really come up i i kind of said like you know when i was reading about the the break break one (laughs) ava with another ava like i do think that like um, and this is what this is the, the the crux of my piece that I wrote about Final Fantasy VII remake is just like where where a piece is a retelling of an original story, and within that piece they are engaging with the audience to say that like this is going to be different and it's okay. We're going to tell new stories with these same pieces and it's going to be okay. And it's like I think uh, I think rebuild more so than Final Fantasy VII remake. That being said, there's three of these movies and only one of that game. I think Rebel's like very smart about how it is playing with the original pieces and being like, hey, you know these characters. Um, and you know, it's not gonna go the exact same way that you like. We're gonna tell different stories, but it's going to be, you know, it it it, it is not disregarding the original. It is making something new while being very aware of the original. And it rules. Yeah, yeah. and I think canon is a needless concept. Um, for a lot of reasons, but especially with this. Mm-hmm. Just say just say timelines and move on. Just don't think about it too hard. <laughs> um, one thing that I have in my notes, and I have a bunch of things I noticed, but I don't have a thesis to build out of them. Okay. You said this is a movie about food. This is Shokugeki no Shinji, which is a joke for like three people. <laughs> but I, I got it. When, thank you. Uh, when I was watching this, I feel like this is a movie about water or liquid. Because oh, yeah. really, all movies are about the sky. If you think about it, sure. Did you but ever like, feel like Tokyo this... Three was a character, though? Shut, no, shut up! Shut up! Shut up! When, when, when they all shut down their power, it's kind of like a cult. Like it, it, the the city bends itself for Shinji to have steps to jump on. Um, I'm sorry. Please continue with your thought. No, you're good. Um, but there's a lot of like. So there's, like, the whole thing about an aquarium where we're going and, like, filtering what used to be the ocean into what could be a livable space again and, like, getting animals back into it. Alongside of that, you have all of the angels now, like, they explode into blood. Just, like, whether that's just a stylistic choice or something more indicative, I'll leave it up to you, but, like, a lot of liquid comes out of those. Yeah, it's always both. But, like, a lot of liquid comes out of those things. 
The Avas, when they move, they make like a sloshing sound. I don't know if I noticed that. It's like... I believe you, though. You know, I was going to say, you ever like drink too much water and then every time you take a step, <laughs> you kind of feel yourself <laughs> shifting with water inside? You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Well, it's because they, the, they got liquid. They got LCL in there, another liquid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. They're and always they keep... in... The, the, these children are always in liquid. That's my secret cap. Right. But God like, damn it. From the outside of the robot, you see Shinji running across the fields, and it's, like, making sloshing liquid noises. Mm-hmm. And then, like, Marie sees Shinji. First thing she comments about him a couple times is that he smells like LCL. A, I'm sure he does, because I smelled like a... I, I smelled like ste- uh, shake and steak. <laughs> steak and shake after I worked yeah, there. Yeah, I've smelled like, like a couple it. restaurants, yeah. Yeah, but, like, I, I don't know. There's just a couple things where they point out, like, liquid around someone. That I have no idea what I'm building to, but it's just something I noticed and kept noticing in scenes. You're right, though. It's way it's way too many to be a coincidence, and also the fact that Ray is, like, incubated in liquid as well, all the different clones. Yeah, yes. I think there's, there's definitely something that we can dig into there. Maybe not in this episode, but, like... Here's what I think it yeah. is. Are you ready for me to go, like, full, like, up my own ass again? Like, I, I do... I was show? just going to say that I'm thinking about three. 0.0 and the fact that the first shot of, like what 1.0 introduces that like there's lakes of blood everywhere and it opens on the the beach which is i think an interesting shot after the end of evangelion end of the uh, but yeah, yeah. I, I i think this is an interesting through line to hold on to as we go into the next movie but chris what is your what is your up your own ass take uh mothers like the whole notion of like you know being like in utero and like the the you know water breaking and like birth and like like pregnancy there's a like, lot of that in the, the original about show mothers yeah. like yeah like mm-hmm. that's it could be the other uh the other thing that i noticed um and one that i wanted to, to call out is that um when marie like busts open the wall of the building and sees shinji inside the and, shelter like, leaks yeah some blood into the room yeah and like leaks blood from the ava into the oh, room or something like yeah, that i forgot about that um, yeah Shinji looks at his hand like Shinji sets his hand down in the blood and then he looks at it and the camera angle is just like the I'm so fucked up scene. Oh, you're right. Yeah. End of well, Ava. What's interesting oh, except is that that is mirroring the first shot, like the first episode, because there's blood on his hand when he uh, like goes over to Ray over the at the gurney. So like that mm-hmm. is like and that's in 1.0 as well. So like that's a that's a repeated shot. Y'all, it's like poetry. It rhymes. Yeah, but it's, it rhymes. But it's, it's yeah. good, though. There's, re- there's meaning in repetition. It's not just rhyming. Mm-hmm. I know you're making a bit. It's very funny. <laughs> uh, I just think that like that's one of the more iconic, for better or worse, shots of the series. For sure. And so to recreate it with like Ava blood, as Shinji's realizing, like I gotta get back in the robot, uh-huh. I'm the only one that can, is a really interesting flip of... Yeah. It's an it's a different way that Shinji looks at this and says, "I'm being fucked up right now. I got to get back in the yeah, robot." Yeah, that 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 scene is related to him reflecting on himself every time. Because mm-hmm. even like that's how he decides to get in the robot the first time. It's being like Ray yeah. is hurt. He looks at his hand covered in blood. He thinks about it and he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna do it." Or yeah, he's looking at his hand and being like, "I'm so fucked up." Mm-hmm. I just want to point out one thing that I read uh, that I don't think I didn't bring up before that. I was looking at the the Japanese title, and I forgot that um, on top of being the subtitle being Ha or Break, it's also called Chin Evangelion. Um, and I was like, "What does that? Really? What does that mean again?" And because I, I I knew that it was he was I remembered that I had seen Shin Evangelion before, um, and I looked it up by googling what does Shin Godzilla mean, um, and uh, they chose it 
because Shin could mean a couple of things in Japanese, including new, true, and God. Hmm. And I think that same mentality is extended to, to the Evangelion films. And the, thinking about the ending of this movie with those series of words is very interesting because the, the, the Evangelion unit is going even further beyond and surpassing humanity and uh, showing a third impact. Well, then we'll get Shin Ultraman soon, and then we can go back and look at uh, Shin Chan, and then yeah, we'll that's, have the quadrangle. That's, that's the really, I think Shin Chan is the, the piece of the puzzle we've been missing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, very interesting stuff. Um, I think I think we we should probably get Chris to watch this post credit scene now, because we're running tight. I think so, too. So, Chris, I have this linked in our Discord channel here. Uh, it's The post credits very short, and then there's a preview of next time for the second half of it. This does have English subtitles as well. So, um... Okie dokie. It's time for, uh, podcasters react. (laughs) Wait. Holy fuck, alright. There's a fuck another one? (laughs) (laughs) I want to talk about my favorite shot from this preview. Eye patch. Alright, damn, that ruled. Does Asuka have an eye patch at the end of End of Eva? Is that right? Yes, she's bandaged up because okay. she loses her eye in that right. fight. Yeah, this is so fucking funny to me. Is <laughs> Gindo and Futsuki with a fucking donkey? As was that them? <laughs> I didn't recognize them. That's that's amazing. Uh, I didn't recognize them either. But yeah, that's definitely them. We don't what we don't need to talk much about this uh, this preview because the relationship between this preview and three is interesting. That's a conversation just best saved for after uh, seeing that film. But the <laughs> post-credits, I think, is very important. Uh, and just to describe now for the, for the listener, uh, Lance comes down and stabs Shinji, stops the third impact, or at least stops what we're looking at. And it, we, we see that another Ava unit is coming down, and in that cockpit is Kaworu. And he says, uh, Shinji, this time I will surely make you happy. And that's to be continued. God. Fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> How do you feel, Chris? <laughs> God, yeah, so when, God, so when you said that, like, yeah, Kaburi does something, that'll probably come up later. And, Andrew <laughs> and I both had alarm bells go off in our head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. That's a hell of a way to, to, to come off of that last scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Asuka comes back with an eye patch and says, I'm telling you about the Avengers initiative. <laughs> <laughs> It's wild to build to the third impact at the end of this movie and then immediately just, like, shoot it dead and be like, eh, we're not doing that well, right now. Yep, Kawori is here. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of things built up in, the, in this preview about, like, finally all the children will be together and uh, Asuka has an eye patch, and we'll see, I don't know, 3, 3.0 is a movie. We'll talk about it. <laughs> okay. Uh, Excited to watch it. Yeah, uh, Chris, you have a... To, to leave like now so uh if you want to yes. go ahead and-, and i have to pee again which is now <laughs> just like the staple of these podcasts can't wait till evangelion p.0 <laughs> next time but um <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll get some plugs from you and then uh we'll let you go and then andrew and i will wrap up our plugs okay i'm at topher disgrace uh alien happy hour is just about all wrapped up we did the final hhwf last week uh, the final musicology came out. We did the final movie club last night on Spirited Away. And right after this, I'm recording the final chat room. And that will be the last thing that comes out from the consistent output of Alien Happy Hour. I'm still 
we're probably still going to do occasional things on YouTube. So if you're subscribed, don't be like, I'm done with this. But like, we're, we're, this is the end of us like consistently putting stuff out. So uh, I, uh, I, I, it, it's a bad sign for me that I have like a huge chapter of my life with my friends ending on the same night I discovered this uh, Utada Hikaru song. <laughs> um, <laughs> tears will be shed. Um, but, uh, but yeah, thanks, uh, Andrew, for joining us. And thanks, Joe, for uh, putting me on this uh, wild train ride to begin with. And uh, I hope everyone enjoyed this conversation about uh, 2.0. I used to think that podcasts, like, couldn't possibly be, like, required to be, like, two hours long. And then I watched Evangelion movies, and I just, you know, <laughs> I've been proven wrong. But Yeah. Sometimes you just have to talk about shit for, for two hours. Um, or some, There's a lot of or it's Die Buster, and it's three. But... <laughs> I'm yep. surprised we couldn't find time for more Magma Diver. Yeah. <laughs> well, this this movie should have done the thing that they do in Avatar, where it's like they're doing a play and they're like, hey, there's some magma down there. We'll just fly over that. <laughs> 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 all right. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to j- jump out. All, all right. right. Have a good night. See Bye. you, Chris. Have a good recording. This has been fun. Oh, I said you too. God damn it. Like at the movie theater. All right. Enjoy your show. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> oh well now that chris is gone we can say a bunch of heinous shit about him i can't believe how good of a friend he is fucking asshole yeah he's so kind of positive it drives so many nice and thoughtful things to say about the media we discuss i can't believe this shit absolutely heinous every time i hang out with him i'm just made a better person and it sucks Mm Mm-hmm. it's the Uh. worst sam's nodding too (laughs) oh chris Oh, Angie, thank you so much for joining us for this uh, this episode. <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. Um, I'm glad you liked the movie. I actually I, I kept forgetting and then remembering that you hadn't seen the rebuilds yet before we recorded this. Nope. Um, so that's that's <laughs> a great um perspective to bring. Uh, having like known Evangelion longer than Chris, but not yet seen the rebuilds. Yeah, it it's weird. I I I had seen. Like Eva stuff in college, but I never watched End of Evangelion. Oh. I saw people talk about the end of Eva, and I was like, "Yeah, the end of Eva." They had those last two episodes, and they were kind of okay. <laughs> and then <laughs> to actually watch that last year, and then to learn that there are like three whole extra movies that I also never checked out, and they're like an alternate uh, reading of the series and building out from there has been really cool to re-re-experience here. Yeah. So I'm enjoying it a lot. Thanks for having me on to talk about it and giving me an excuse to. Finally dig in and do it. Yeah, I, I I really liked all the conversations that we had. I uh I'm looking forward to to reading your takes in the in the Discord about uh about three when you get there. Obviously I don't I don't know if you'll wait until we do for the podcast, but I'm 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 excited. I might to... tonight. <laughs> yeah. That that's the thing too. Like I, I put off watching two point for, for the night before we recorded this and that was that was hard for me to do. <laughs> I was just like, uh <laughs> and now I'm like, yeah, now I want to dig into three immediately, but I gotta wait for our for our next episode. Um our our guest for three uh is uh someone who three was the first Evangelion thing that they saw. Uh and that is a perspective I am so excited to hear about. <laughs> uh, one of the one of one of the stranger things to exist in the in the whole Evangelion franchise. I've heard it's divisive, so it is I'm curious to check it out. It is, yeah. I have I haven't seen it in a long time. Uh, I I only watched it the one time, and I my memory of it is that it's weird. I don't think it's as effective as as anything else, but. Having re- like having had so many different thoughts about Evangelion and 
and specifically talking about a lot of stuff in Gunbuster and Diebuster and Anno's whole uh, career as a whole arc. Um, I'm like, maybe I love it. Maybe I'll love it this time. Like, maybe I'll I'll really be into <laughs> it. Um, and regardless, I'm just really excited to know. I'm like, just really excited to to find out mm-hmm. and revisit it. So, uh, so that's that's what everyone can look forward to next time on the podcast. Uh, Andrew, where could people find you and some of the other stuff that you do? Sure. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me, uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at AC Sherman Writes. Um, otherwise, if you like listening to the sound of my voice, uh, you can find me on, uh, here on the Orange Groves Network, I have a podcast called The Argonauts Podcast. Uh, my co-host Marn and I, uh, break down and do a deep dive into the plots and puzzles of various ARGs, um, alternate reality games that exist online and have, uh, typically very weird, very wild stories. Um, I try and see if I can't go back and solve them. Uh, Marn tells me what I should have used my time to do instead uh, and tells me what they're about and, uh, what I've been wasting my time to try and get into. Um, it's a fun show that I've been enjoying a lot. Otherwise you can find me. Uh, I do Twitch streaming a lot lately. Um, if you like Pokemon or tactics games, uh, I do, uh, mostly those two things, but I've been s- kind of branching out to other stuff. Uh, I'm at twitch.tv slash slash AC Sherman. Um, yeah, you can find I do a a weekly tactics game stream with a friend of the network Riley Hopkins. Uh we do different games including BattleTech, a different robot series that has nothing to do with Evangelion. Um otherwise, I do a lot of Pokemon stuff with my fiance. Um it's been a a good time. Yeah, I was going to I was going to say um if you if you the listener like uh Andrew and I together specifically, uh we have been done we have done some streams that are um mm-hmm. you can find the the vods for up on the orange groves youtube channel i don't know if it's just youtube.com slash c slash the orange groves i'd have to check um but we've been tweeting but if you go through the twitter you can also find the links uh for the the vods but we did undertale for charity uh we hit a goal to do uh delta rune for charity we did that uh, mm-hmm. just past week and that was very fun that vod will be up soon so if you want to follow orange groves net on Twitter, it'll be tweeted out when I when I get it uh, condensed to YouTube size. That's a whole fucking process. <laughs> well, it's only a seven hour video, Joe. Yeah, How hard could it be? Uh-huh, yeah. Well, a lot of that's Jevil. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So Andrew beat Jevil uh, on the stream. It took twenty tries. It was very fun. And, Pro gamer. Uh, all- uh, Nineteen. Thank you very much. Not- well, you did it on try twenty. So the nineteen deaths. That is how numbers work. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, but we, we did hit our stretch goal after the stream ended. Uh, so we do have to play a Homestuck game now. We're just going to keep going down this rabbit hole of connected materials. Yep. Uh, I think Hive Swap is where we're starting. Because I think someone said that one's pretty good, even if we don't know everything about Homestuck. So uh, I guess, yeah, you can follow the Orange Groves on Twitch. It's just theorangegroves.com slash Twitch for that. And um, also us on Twitter, OrangeGrovesNet. Um, it's 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 twitch slash orange groves not the orange groves.net slash twitch oh is that what i said is it did you like did you like do that domain swap no but i should now that i've said it (laughs) yeah it's twitch.tv slash the orange groves i'm uh i've been recording a podcast for two hours i i feel yeah uh oh you've been doing that too oh weird yeah it's it's rough yeah (laughs) uh yeah you can find uh, all the shows on the network and you can support the network at the orange groves.com uh you can support the patreon to get uh audio cut out 
of episodes and uh, some other bonus stuff at the higher levels. I just uploaded a very long Nervous Rex uh, thing. It's mainly long because I think Chris and I were waiting for Jory. Uh, we talked about the Oscars for a very long time uh, because Jory was running late to the, the Gunbuster episode. And uh, you can talk about Chris and I when our hot uh, Toy Story takes with Blake. And yeah, Ooh. and that you know goes to supporting the network, bringing on uh, new shows, paying for artwork, music, and other stuff, and uh, keeping everything hosted and running. Also, I'm on Twitter, Ghost of Joe, Ghost of J-O, and on social media, period, at that handle. Although I don't use it a lot. And uh, what other shows do I do? I'll plug uh, Got It Memorized this time. Uh, we're getting into the, the real meat of Final Fantasy X. One of these days, we're going to have to go back to Kingdom Hearts. A lot of shit's happening, and we're just pretending not to see it. <laughs> but uh, that time will be, will be coming. So we talked about Kingdom Hearts, all of it. And uh, after we finished Remind, uh, well, we actually, we also did The World Ends With You, which is relevant because that anime got announced. Mm-hmm. Um, Andrew's also been on my other anime show. We are watching One Piece a couple times. We talked about Stampede, and you were on with uh, the episode where everyone was separated. Yeah, I like coming together to talk about our good friends, the Straw Hats. Yeah, my good friends. It's harder and harder to do these days, now that they're spreading the world. Not in the real world. In the real world, things are cool. We're in Wano, but in We Are World, they're in uh, a bunch of different places. Yeah, we're in um, our Impel Down episode just went up, so... You know, normal things, talking about prisons. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think we've been in the plug zone long enough. You can tweet about the show with hashtag NervousRexPod. You can join the Orange Groves Discord server to chat about these episodes, these movies, and uh, other, other shows in the network. Uh, but I think that's everything that there is to plug. Uh, so, so thank you so much for listening. Um, and I feel like I had something funny to say at the end that I've forgotten now. Hmm. The third movie, It's Upon Us. That's all I got. <laughs> okay, we'll go with that then. I was trying to think of another pun with you cannot something, but I can't. I'm just going to cut all this out. <laughs> <laughs> Am I good to hit stop? Or are we still yeah, yeah, we're good. finding an exit? Okay. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm Andrew. Hi, I'm Marn. This is the Argonauts Podcast. Each week, I'm going to try and solve an old defunct ARG, and Marn's going to tell me what I should have done instead. That's true. Marn, what ARGs have we covered so far? So far, we have covered Spectacular Organic Frog Fractions 2, Sexy Girl Max 2019, and This Is My Milwaukee. And that list is only going to continue to grow. Yep. Come check us out every other Thursday on the Orange Groves Network. And you can find us at argonautspod.com. Argonautspod.com.